Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following is a three-hour version of the Sun Ranto Show, and it's brought to you all by our Patreon supporters who, over the last nine years of the Sun Ranto Show, have supported us and allowed us to continue on this crazy Cubs uh, wacky project. Uh, that I'm about to share with you tonight. So if you want to be a part of it and listen ad-free, this version has ads, uh, then please subscribe to us at patreon.com slash sunranto. There's all sorts of perks that go at every level. Uh, you get your own RSS feed. It's, it's just totally worth it. It's, and you get the show early and completely ad-free. Um, so yeah, patreon.com slash sunranto. You never miss a show. You're, you can get a preview episodes. I, I won't go on, but it's totally worth it. So if you want to support what we do here at Sunranto Show, patreon.com slash sunranto. It's very simple. It's a dollar a month. It's uh, really cheap. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Do it. The season is new, gonna score lots of runs off you, the Cubs, Wrigley's gonna Sun. Cubs will win the World Series, so don't make October plans. The Cubs put in runs on the board. Come and see the team. Ricketts can't afford the Chicago, the Cubs. The Cubs boat soon will be making another run. Um, all right, first of all, welcome to the Sun Ranto Season Eve show. And with you got me, Danny Rocket, we got Crawley over here. Um, um, and we got Michael Cotton's off tonight because he's like, there's too many people coming on the show. I'm not going to be able to tell everybody what I think all the time. And so I did it. And so he, he, he diva out on us over the night. He's like, you know, you guys have fun talking to all your friends. Like I got my own friends is what he said. So anyway, we're, we have a star studded, star studded adventurous show. Uh, we've got people from bleacher nation. We got a uh, cup of cubby blue coming on. Um, looking at the list here, the rant slash Cubs insider coming in. Um, we got uh, the Growing Cubs podcast coming over. Club 400. 
Club 400, Joe Kilgallen's going to stop by and talk to us. So, like, we've it's a star-studded show. We're going to do about 15 minutes with everybody. But I want to start off by saying happy preseason eve. And that Cubs boat parody, it's funny. I'll tell you a little story about it. We actually did it last year. There's a guy, his name is at Cubsmurf on Twitter. You probably follow him or he follows you or something. Anyways, very talented dude. And I approached him last year. I said, hey, I got this idea. I'll write this parody, The Cubs Boat, and we'll put it out. This is in 2020. Well, guess what happened in 2020? We made the whole thing. We put out The Cubs Boat and nobody cared because it was such a fucked up year. So it's like, so we finally, I I reached out to him again. I said, we got to do something. So look him up. Tell him good job because he's a really awesome guy. Cubs Smurf. So follow him. He did an awesome job. And we'll play it again maybe two more times in the show because it's so wonderful. I think we should do it. Um, hey, there's there's no rules on opening day eve. Uh, this is going to be now my 21st straight Cubs home opener. Oh, so dude. Streak continues. Nice. And and you were a little worried there. Like you, you you texted me the morning the tickets went on sale. You're like, I'm literally shaking. My hands are shaking. I I can't. I, you you know, like you were like, settle down. You'll get in, dude. Like, you'll get it. All it's going to cost is money. It's the first time I didn't have control over the situation in many, many years. And uh, luckily, the Cub fans are always helping out other Cub fans. And that's how it goes. But, uh, you know, my goal is to try to make it to 50 straight Cubs home openers. Oh, yeah. I, actually, I, I 30 more years. Here's here's a little help, actually, from the chat. Are you having the Dom on, the director of morale on as well? I, I skipped him accidentally. Yes, he is coming on. He's coming on at uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. If we can uh, manage to stick on time, which, you know, right. how we are. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Dom is coming on, too. And uh, real quick, I got two wonderful presents today opening. It's almost like Christmas. I feel like it's Christmas. It's actually cold enough to be Christmas outside uh, right now. But check this out. I got this in the mail from 1908 Tees. It's my new favorite T-shirt. Look at that. Give the ball to a kid crossed out my tie guy with a picture of um, my tie. Yeah, it is like literally I and I approached uh, the guy's name is Jason. He actually works with Joe at Obvious Shirts and, he, and and I approached him like 2 years ago. I'm like, "Dude, I need a Mai Tai guy shirt." And he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll get around to it." Well, he finally made it 2 years later and sent it to me in the mail opening day eve. And one more <laughs> thing, I'm going to do a little more show and tell. Carl, you're going to love this. I can't wait to see it. I'm Look excited. Oh! oh, it's upside down. All right. Look Bleacher at this. Bum Band poster. Yeah, dude, these are screen printed. We got we found this artist up in Rogers Park, and he did a rush job for us. And so we got these for sale. I'm gonna drop a link in the in the chat. I already bought mine. I'm excited. I have uh, concert posters from all the concerts I go to. I try to invite one of our guests. I try to invite Luis all the time to the concerts, but he doesn't like the old man music I listen to. So you know, I got like uh, Pearl Jam, and I got uh, Foo Fighters. I got all the posters. So it's gonna be all those great bands. But centerpiece is going to be the bleacher bum band. Yeah, you're you're of course talking about Luis Medina. Yeah, he's into Taylor Swift and shit. Like he's <laughs> he's like a Backstreet Boys kind of kind of person. He's he doesn't like that fogey rock. You're like up there like rocking to, dude. Most of the people that you really like are actually dead at this point. Right. Like Tom Petty, like I went to Tom Petty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of them. So so one, tell of, us, these days, one of these days the Cubs are going to bring Jay Z to Wrigley Field, and I will invite Luis and make sure he has a ticket. Dude, That's- even I'm cooler than you. Do you know the only concert I ever went to at Wrigley Field is Lady Gaga. I went to that too. Oh, I, all right, all right, all right. You get a little cred. You get a little cred with your kids. Right. Spring training. Yeah, you got to get into it. So before we bring on our first guest 
are going to be Michael Cerami and Luis Medina, my old co-hosts from outside the Ivy and writers at Bleacher Nation. Um, so, uh, yeah, and you're going to, and we're going to bring him on in 10 minutes, but first you tell us me about your spring training trip because I, oh man, oh man, Crawley. I mean, here's, <laughs> here's some of the titles of your videos. All right. I, one of them's called Crawley Spring Training. That's fine. Yeah, that makes sense. Then there's illegal seat upgrade. I enjoyed that one. I was like, oh, what's this one going to be? And it was exactly what you think it is. And then there's one just simply titled, titled Crawley's Had a Few. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm not even watching this one. Like, I see this one weekly. I don't need to watch this one. Uh, you know, here's the thing, man. I've been pretty good. You guys know I've been really good about COVID. I broke, you know, quarantine twice for Cubs games and once for our friend Stewart's birthday for 30 minutes. But uh, I was like a caged animal, man. Like, I've been so pent up and caged. Once I got – I'm double vaxxed. Plenty of weeks since I got it. I just went to Arizona and partied like it was 2019 and like I was 19 again. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. Um, the fans, our fans are so great. I met a lot of them out there that live in Arizona. Uh, I got to go with Steve here, one of our fans. Uh, we yes. went to go see the Cubs versus Mariners, which was a blast. Jake Marisnik threw me a ball, and that was a victory. I went to 2-1-1, one, one, so I didn't bring back a losing record. Um, you know, one thing that's going to be big with the Cubs, obviously, is keeping the masks, and they did have the same sign uh, that they have over in South Bend. So be alert, wear a mask. Uh, and then they had these people with these signs. So if, like, your mask was down, they would, like, run up and, like, flash the sign in your face. So I asked if I could Dude, I want that job next spring. Oh, if I could just roll around and tell people to wear a fucking mask. That's, like, my dream, dude. I'd, like, just going up to, like, those no-mask bros in red hats and be like, hey, hey buddy, mask. Oh, But you can't even say anything. You just have to flash that sign in their, in their grill. Right. right. You just flash the sign and then, oh, okay. So, can you, and, beat, and can you beat them with the sign? I'd like to beat <laughs> them with the sign, if that's cool. The, that yeah, keep game, going. The second game I got to was a loss to the Dodgers. Uh, I think Adbert pitched that. He started that game, and uh, it was it was a cold-ass game. Everyone was kind of freezing. It was cold. Saw our good friend Val Capone and got him a lore shot over out there. So that's just a beautiful picture of Sloan right there you could see. So Val's going to be there till Hey, Val. She's going to be there till mid-May. It was great seeing her. Uh, one of our guests, I got to see John Strong out in the berm, uh, hanging out. We had a good time. Uh, Russ Dorsey from the Sun-Times. Everyone likes to make fun of his coffee. There it was. Uh, in full view, got to talk to Russ a little bit. Uh, so that was good. Uh, the illegal seat upgrade that you speak of, Danny, we'll talk about that. But I got this picture of the soon-to-be dearly departed P.J. Higgins. Uh, so that's how close I was there. The security at Seattle was like, there was like seven people in the berm. There was, like, no security anywhere. Jake Marisnik threw a ball to me because there was no kid to even steal it from. I couldn't even my tie a kid. I just, like, just threw me the ball. No one was there. And then at the end, we're like, well, let's go try to upgrade the seats. Like, it's like the ninth inning. We're toasted. And so Danny's texting me. I can see you. You're on TV. So I just kind of just went down. It was late. It was late here, too. It was, like, 11.45, and I'm just, like, in bed with my iPad watching this. Nicole's sleeping next to me. I've tried not to make noise, and you're, like, you're cracking me up because, like, you got to play the video of you. I'll play the video here, but the funniest thing is the scouts got to love COVID because no none of us drunk assholes are around. So I just run next to this guy who's some scout. He's like, these are our seats. I'm like, oh, all right, man. Sorry, dude. And I just went too back. Nobody bothered me the whole time. And so Danny starts texting me, do this, do that. So this is what we ended up having. (laughs) 
you can hear me cracking up the whole time. You can hear me cracking up the entire time because, like, I'm like in bed trying to be quiet, and then you, you and Steve are just like, rah, rah, rah. I'm like, well, you know, I talked to a cop one time. I, I actually hung out at uh, Scottsdale Stadium, and I talked to a cop, and I'm like, oh, this must be a tough time of year, you know, all the college kids on spring break. He's like, oh no, no, the college kids, they're not the problem. You know the problem are these drug forty-five-year-old dudes who won't listen to what I say because they're like, "Oh, I'm middle management. I don't have to listen to a stupid cop." You know, and, 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 and he's like, "That's who I arrest." He's like, "It's not these nineteen-year-old kids with open container." He tells them to dump it out. They do. You tell a forty-five-year-old Crawley to dump out his beer, and you you don't do it. You're like, "Whatever, bro. <laughs> I'm good." <laughs> you want to so join? It was a great trip. I enjoyed it. I had fun. And, you know, now we're just kind of, like I said, I'm glad to be back. I got a little bit of energy, a little bit of sleep, and, and I'm ready for opening day number 21 tomorrow. I love it, man. Well, welcome back. And, um, you know, the, by the way, Sunranto is going to reimburse you for all your expenses. Don't worry about it. The checks, <laughs> checks come. I thought I was going to be first class. Instead, I was in the back by the toilet every time. They yeah, I don't the know toilet. what happened. That was a mix up, you know, like, you know, I, I think, uh, remember how I, I kept calling you Crawley the cub? I must have put that down and they thought you were like an actual bear cub or something. I don't know what happened. I, uh, you know, but, um, before we get too off the rails, as we tend to do, I think we should, it's time. Time to bring on our first guests and uh you know them you love them um i actually i don't know if you lo- know them or love them but you will after this because here is michael cerami and luis medina from outside the ivy the 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 show the long-running show that's now in syndication all over oh, the world yeah. What a disappointment <laughs> I'm so, hey you know what man i still got episodes on the dvr that are saved yeah, I, there's some good clips out there on Twitter too, and the Ozzy Gian one's great. But I just randomly stumbled onto you playing the oh thing, yeah, and I just I'm just sitting there picturing John Shipman being like, "What the fuck yeah. are these guys doing <laughs> on my actual network right now?" And we were like, "We don't know." Uh, I think that was the biggest surprise of that TV show, and I think this probably goes for everything. It's just like they're just like, yeah, go out there and be on TV. And we're like, all right, okay. They really, they really rolled the ball out and were just like, go ahead, play. I asked them all sorts of questions. I'm like, would it be okay if I like, bring a, a guitar on? And then I like had this cowboy hat, and they're like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm doing it. <laughs> so, you know, well, I, I miss great. I missed having a, a show so much that I turned my podcast into a TV show that you're now on. <laughs> and I, I even, know that's sick. Yeah. And, and I even added more people to it. I was like, you know. Yeah, so, wait, wait, wait. I got I to gotta jump in really quick. Oh, Joe, first of all, is wondering if he should pop in. Yeah, uh, I was just – I'm actually texting Joe right now. I'm like, I want him to pop in. Joe, Joe from Obvious Shirts is going to stop by and say hi to us too. Uh, he's working on an awesome Bleacher Bum Band shirt that he's making for oh, us. Oh, sick. Nice. Yeah. Um, but, so, but, but hold on. I got to ask Crawley something. 21 straight opening days? Yes, sir. Wow. 21 straight. So, Okay. So the last time I was at a Cubs home opener was the bathroom fiasco, John Lester's debut. Uh, so it's been a while, but I mean, can you regale us with your most memorable opening home, Cubs home opener? I'm just kind of curious. That's a lot of firsthand experience. What what was the best one? I mean, I, for me personally, and Marquis, I think brought it up today on their Twitter was uh, 2008. That was okay. the Fukudome home run off Eric Kanye. But for me, mm-hmm. what was special is uh, – I actually bumped into, you know, I was taking pictures of all this, you know, they had, that was the day they unveiled Ernie's statue. 
and it oh. was kind of all covered up, and they had everyone behind all these stanchions and, and stuff. And Pat Brickhouse's, who is Jack Brickhouse's widow, asked me if I knew where the VIP section was. So I said, yes, let me escort you. So I walked past all the VIP with this little old lady on my arm. I got to then be in the VIP. Now, I'm not taking a ton of pictures, but I took one picture, and it was with Yosh Kawano because that's, like, legendary. That's next level. And so I was there when Ernie gave that whole speech, and it's funny because I put a picture up today, and I'm the only one that's not, like, in, like, a suit and, like, like, like khakis <laughs> or something. Like, I'm in you my wearing a suit? That's no, like no. I know it's shocking, but uh, to, to, to hear Ernie give that speech, especially that line, even when I'm not here, I'll still – be here. Like, I still think about that. Like, when I think about Ernie every opening day, that's the one that kind of the Gagne was just fun, the, the Fukudome home run. But seeing that, I was right by Billy Williams and Ernie Banks and uh, Santo. Minnie Minoso was there. Hank Aaron was there. So it was just that, that that's the one that sticks. That's Crawley's hanging with the heavy hitters and he wants yeah. to rub elbows with Yosh Kawano. That's a Cubs <laughs> fan. That's how you know. Yeah, no, he had yeah. the fishing hat on. It's in the Hall of Fame. That's how you know, man. That real Cub fan is going to hang out with Yash Kawano. Oh, man. <laughs> that guy has the stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's got the stories that you're not supposed to know. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and, and that's probably because you know he was a fly on the wall for just about everything. Every fist fight, every, you know, every, you know, drunken uh, argument that happened, you know, every time a guy spit beach nut in somebody else's eye, you know. So I want to talk a little bit about the Cubs. I, I kind of want to get kind of a general sense of where everybody's at this season uh, or, or going into this year. Um, first of all, I, I want to congratulate you guys on becoming White Sox fans over at Bleacher Nation. Just because I bet on the White Sox to win the World Series this year doesn't make me a White Sox fan. Yeah, no, I just I, – I, I kid you. So how many White Sox uh, – who wins more games, White Sox or Cubs? Um yeah, yeah, let's start there. Who wins? Who wins the Ooh. games? And and get, and then and then give me your number for Cubs wins. I and how many and how many wins does it take to win the Central? Because that's going to be my first question, to just about mm-hmm. everybody. Because it is the most important thing. All right, I'll, can I go yeah. first? Yeah, go for it. All right, so I've got the Cubs at eighty-three wins. Um, I'm gonna write this down. Yeah, write it down. Keep keep yeah. it from record. I got yeah. them at eighty-three wins. I have the White Sox at. 91 wins. I just don't like how the NL Central is just kind of jumbled together. Like, there's four teams that are just kind of like, oh, yeah, this team could conceivably win 90 games, but they could, they'll probably end up in the low to mid-80s. Meanwhile, in the AL Central, it's two teams and, like, a cloud of dust. Yeah. Like, Cleveland doesn't have anything. They have pitching. But they don't have yeah. anything else. The Tigers aren't going to be a thing for a while. The tw- I mean, the Twins are all right. But they're, you know, if the Twins make the playoffs, they're getting swept by the Yankees, no matter what. And then the Royals are just kind of happy to be there, like, oh, hey, we won in 2015. Uh, we're extending Sal Perez and, and bringing back. They had a nice offseason, though. They had, they spent some money relative to yeah. the But, yeah, I agree with But they're you. still managed by Mike Matheny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, I, I think that uh, I think that the, the Cubs, the whole narrative this year is – like uh, the same thing that happened in 2015, kind of totally different personnel and, and backup, but the variance and how good or bad they could be. And in 2015, they hit the like one percentile odds and 197 games, right? You know what I mean? Like that was very unusual. They could have just as easily won 78 games that year. They just it just could have happened that way. They did those guys didn't all need to click in their first 
season, you know, uh, especially Addison Russell had a big year, Chris Bryant, whatever. Um, so I think the same thing is going on with the Cubs this year, not quite to that extent, obviously. And because they have, they're matched up with the AL Central as their AL uh, counterpart this year, they have a lot of easy games early on. And if they win enough games and don't do that sell-off at the halfway point, I think they'll win over 90 games. And um, so that's obviously, you know, the, 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 the thing is that they'll either win over 90 or under 80, in my opinion. But because yeah. they face the Pirates a ton early on and they have some weak AL Central matchups along the way early on specifically, I think they could get off to a hot start and, you know, do their whole last dance thing with this core. Uh, so I'm going to say the Cubs are going to finish with 92 wins and win Ooh. the division. The Sun Ranto Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. And the tournament is here. And so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest at Bet Online, because it's the place to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Sunranto Show is also brought to you by eBay Sneakers. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair that you've been eyeing. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one-of-one pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. So get that done and go buy some darn sneakers at ebay.com slash sneakers. We thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto show. So you're saying I'm too low on my guess is what you're I, saying. I think I no no I don't think you're I I think it's like a perfectly reasonable guess. I'm just going to go with them. There's no other team in the NL Central in my opinion that has the everyday regular starter talent that the Cubs do. Their bench is kind of weak, the rotation is like it could be good, but their eight starting position players are talented as hell. Like they're they're better. And they could struggle, but like they can also all be really excellent and win over ninety games. So I'm going optimistic. I'm saying ninety two wins. Now, now you you brought 92. up the last you brought Break up down. Last, you brought up the last dance, and that really is what it feels like this time. Michael, you were the first one that I saw that had that number for Rizzo. What five years, seventy million? I had uh, the initial offer, four years and sixty million. Right. That is, I mean, as far as these guys, you know, we were, we thought that maybe there was going to be two coming back re-signed and now you're wondering, is it possible that we're going to maybe not have all any of the three come back? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can't, I, if Jed Hoyer went out there today and said he was confident that he's going to get Rizzo to sign and doesn't, it, <laughs> it's an incredible lapse in judgment to say that 
if you don't, if you're not going to get it done now. And the thing that I think the Cubs missed out on already is they're, they're just, they're so bad at capturing the positive energy that a Rizzo extension could have uh, secured because even if they get that extension done now, sometime before tomorrow or whatever, if Rizzo wants to talk next week still, it's going to feel tainted and not right because there's already all these bad vibes. It's still going to be good that it happened and we're all going to be happy. But like, can you imagine if they just surprise Rizzo is extended and it would have been like, yeah, let's go. Now Everyone's going to be pumped. Now you should have done it. We all know you should have done it. No, that's not what's going to happen, Michael. Like if, if it happens, I know what you're saying, and I get where you're coming from, but if I wake up tomorrow morning and I've got, like, eight missed texts from you and Brett hmm. ironing out a Rizzo extension post because it happened, Cubs Twitter is going to be ablaze in, like, yeah. all the good reasons. But, but they're still going to be like, yeah, like, like I don't know. I just No, know. man, don't listen to those people. Those people shouldn't be allowed to have thoughts and feelings. Either way, you know I'm writing this up at, like, 2 a.m. tonight, and I'm going to be like, ugh, and get out of bed. Yeah. Uh, right up you, the stupid post. You, you'll what? fall asleep innings four through six because you were up all night writing a Rizzo yeah. extension post. Well, yeah, and um, I mean, it feels like a, it could be a Dexter Fowler type moment, you know, like when he came to spring training and in that, you know, that it would just kind of light a fire under their ass. Uh, well, before we get too more into it, uh, we got another friend in the green room, our man Joe. From obvious shirts, uh, oh, uh, there's a lot of shirts behind you. Do you sell Probably. shirts or something? Oh, there you go, Joe, my man. And he's rocking the Club 400 beer. I love it. I've got a Guinness in, in a G-Man glass is what I'm Guinness sporting gross. tonight. <laughs> but I it's like it's Guinness. yeah, it's a, it. I I have it left over actually because it was on sale at Jules. Uh, it's St. Patrick's Day, so it's like leftover for like two weeks, and I'm like, I gotta get rid of this shit <laughs> right next before to my sister beef. comes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, th- yeah. This is yeah, this is my emotional support, Guinness. <laughs> um, so Joe, welcome to the show. Uh, I'll ask you the same question I just asked Rami and Mr. Medina. Uh, what do you think about uh, the Cubs' overall win total? Uh, and, and are you feeling opti- as optimistic as Cerami or as um, uh, lukewarm, I'd say? I don't think that's uh, pessimistic on Luis's end. I think 83 wins <laughs> might win the division. <laughs> I mean, it could, you know, like this, this weird-ass year. But uh, what do you think, Joe? So I think baseball is a really weird sport. And, um, you know, kind of take those 2017-2018 teams when on paper the Cubs were, I think, the best one of the best teams on baseball, especially in the NL – and they underperformed. I think this lineup, though, it might not be maybe as stronger, like Sarami was saying, as as depth or as deep as, you know, the 2017 team, 2016 team, what have you. I, I think they could surprise a lot of people. I, I predicted, and I told this to my buddy a few days ago, I predicted 88 wins. So I was glad to hear uh, Sarami had more than me. But yeah, I had them at 88 and I have them winning the division because I think the NL Central is wide open. And I think also that this this deal with Rizzo might light a fire under his ass and he might come out hot as hell and I think that's that team will vibe off that and I I think they could surprise a lot of people well that's an interesting question because you've got a bunch of guys you made reference to it in contract years even Jock Peterson who they just got he's in a contract year Rizzo Bryant Javi and uh you know and Contreras only got a couple years yeah, Jake Arrieta. I mean, a lot of dudes, and they're all playing for it. 
Who do you think will benefit from that? And who do you think won't benefit from that pre- extra pressure? And I guess I'll, I'll just, since Joe, you just came on the show, why don't you, why don't you start? And then we'll go around the horn. Out of all the Cubs players or just the kind of the Cubs players that are kind of in their walk years? Just, just the walk year guys. And, and whether that extra pressure of, of playing for a contract will benefit some and, and, um, maybe put too much pressure on others and have them, kind of fold under that pressure? Well, I think I think I expect Jake to have a better year than people think. I think he's comfortable here, obviously. He, I don't know. I'm a big, like, I'm a big team chemistry guy. When I played in college, we had no, busy, no business winning our, uh, our conferences championship, and we clicked at the right time, and we were very, very close-knit group. I see something very similar to the 2016 Cubs with this group. I think they, there's some more, maybe some more edge. I think Jock brings in a lot of, a lot of swag. I think Ian's going to have a huge year and he's already a leadership, like a leader in the clubhouse. I do think Rizzo is going to play out of his mind because of the situation he's in. And he, I think players in walk years have something to prove, right? Cause they do. And there's money on the line. I'm not saying he's going to try any harder this year, but I, there's just this weird undertone of mentality in baseball that the game is so mentally, I guess, strenuous throughout the season. And it comes down to person's personality. I think, I think Jock's going to have an awesome year. I think Jake's going to be better than most, than most people think um, for a lot of different reasons that I don't want to get into right now. Um, And I think Rizzo's going to like, he's going to, come out with an attitude that maybe we hopefully I'm hoping he comes out with an attitude that maybe we haven't seen in a couple of years, maybe more edgier and just balls out of his mind. How, how do you like think, uh, uh, Luis, what, what do you got on that? I like it. So um, I'm, I'm all in on Jake outshining expectations. I just, I think he's got the moxie. He's motivated. He, he's, he's a guy who he survived when, when he was thriving, it was stuff, but now it's, it's, it's location and guile and just get you through five innings with, you know, three runs or fewer. I, I think Jake still has it. I think coming back to, to Wrigley is just going to give him that mojo. Man, there's, there's weird stuff happening in Philly. Like, they, they keep getting players and, like, they underperform. But then, like, at the end of the year, you look, oh, the guy put up numbers. But it's just, like, it's not the same. It didn't matter. I mean, they haven't right. really done anything. Like, you know, they went and got Bryce Harper, and it never mattered that yeah, they did. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, it's, it's such a, like, is that where he is? I don't want, I don't want any <laughs> player, right? I love Jack Peterson. That's like, it's been my favorite addition that the Cubs have made in, like, years. Mm-hmm. First of all, the left-handed stroke is just pretty, like, I'm glad he's a Cub now because I can actually, like, tweet about it without being judged by Cubs Twitter. Like, oh, how do you say all these nice things about a Dodgers player? Like, look at that swing. It's pretty. Uh, yeah, also, no, real quick. Totally yeah, real quick. Jordan's collection that makes me blush. So, like, what else, man? Like, he's perfect. Real quick, Zach Davies. How many games last year did you, do you guys remember where Zach Davies came in and just shut down the Cubs? Oh, my God. Like, every single all one. Time. Sucked. Yeah. Even games he wasn't pitching, he shows up and, and pitches. I mean, honestly, so for me, I'm, I'm right there with Luis. I didn't write, uh, you know, at the beginning of the offseason, I'll be like, here's a guy the Cubs should target. And I didn't write about Jock Peterson because I was a coward. And I was like, everyone's going to get on me for this because he's a lot like Kyle Schwarber, but he's kind of not. And uh, he's a Dodger. And the way he came up alongside Bryant made like a lot of Cubs fans 
don't have fond memories of their rookie years because he hit all those homers in the first half and like all of a sudden was like, oh, maybe Chris Bryant isn't the rookie of the year. And I was like, fuck this guy. Like, what is he doing? He's, he's ruining it. And I think that that was an awesome addition. He's right in the prime of his aging curve. He's got uh, a lot to play for on a contract year. And um, I kind of think the same goes for Zach Davies. I hope both of those guys are on the Cubs in 2022. I have a feeling that they both can be excellent, uh, find comfort and success in Chicago, not want to mess with that because that's how it happens sometimes. Like I, I did well here. My family was happy here, whatever. And I hope they're both back next year. Um, they're the sort of the two guys that we don't talk about because uh, in terms of expiring contracts, because they aren't the core players, but like they're the same age and have plenty of upside. We need to be focusing on them long-term too, because I think they could both be awesome. So I think Wilson's yeah. going to have a huge year. Oh, yeah. Wilson is – he's, like, just somehow still so criminally underrated. I put him second in my lineup thing, like, in November. People were like, you're crazy. The catcher bet second. You watched any of his games? Like, <laughs> Do you watch baseball? He Sometimes he gets hurt or he'll slow down, but he has these absolutely monster stretches where he's, like, not good hitter for a catcher. He's, like, an one of the best hitters in baseball sometimes when he, when he really locks in. So mm-hmm. I'm very, Joe, I got to ask you, Joe, how many shirts did you make for opening day? How many different role shirts did you make as far as photographer? Is there a beer vendor shirt? Is what is yeah, it? We're, yeah. We're working through that right now. The list is growing every single day. I have been running on very few hours of sleep the whole week. So I'm not gonna, I couldn't even give you a ballpark number, no pun intended, but like, a lot. There's a lot of a lot of moving pieces, and I I'm a little bit behind the curve with MLB. Um, we have some really fun things coming out, but there will be a 2020 Cubs collection. It's the best collection that I've ever done, and I think you guys will be all about it. I'm so Wait, excited. I, I got one quick obvious shirts anecdote that I got to share. I promise it'll be really fast, Danny. I know. I know. No, no. Keep, keep it. it going. We 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 got our our next guest like primed and ready to come in the, in the I'm, 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 I promise yeah I promise it'll be fast but I just I haven't told Joe this yet and it, it's what's just that what's that so oh the producer is saying go to commercial <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh oh, I don't understand at all yeah no so so I have this greatest game ever played was on a Wednesday in Cleveland shirt it's like one of my this is the hoodie but I, I was wearing the shirt a couple weeks ago in California and we were on this hike and this guy came up to me and was like are you from Ohio and I was like what because I forgot I was wearing the shirt. He's like, the greatest game was ever played was in Cleveland. He's like, I'm from I'm from Columbus. Like, are you an Indians fan? And I was yes. like, no, I'm a Cubs fan. I thought that was so weird and so out of left field. And I was thinking about it today because I knew I was coming on the show and I was going to say it. And I, and I was at the gym and a lady goes, are you from Ohio? And I was like, what? <laughs> no way. Twice. People were confused by the shirt. Like, we're in Chicago. It's blue. And two different people from Ohio were just like completely uh, oblivious to what the actual meaning was. I, that blew my mind. So I had to share You look that. like you're from Ohio. No, I'm just yeah, yeah, I look like Brett. I have one really funny story to share, and maybe you guys can help me out. Um, I was in Austin for my buddy's bachelor party, and we, you know, those like in the airports where there are two, like, it's not an escalator, but it's the it's the moving whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the moving walkway and then like they go in opposite directions and in in austin they're like right next to each other and, and me and my buddies were going down and um nick offerman was coming on the other one just by himself with a duffel bag 
and I was wearing my Full hobby of woodworking vice. tools, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. And he had a, I mean, he had a great beard. And I was wearing my hobby buys as good at baseball shirt. And he's like, he like stopped me. He's like, you, I like your shirt. Just as Nick Offerman, like just as your picture in your mind, he said it like almost in character. And um, I said it. I didn't even have enough time because we were both going in opposite oh, leaving directions. I was like, ah. Nick Offerman. So <laughs> you I like took your shirt him, off. I want to give him that shirt. Yeah, I got to get Nick Offerman that hobby bias shirt. Uh, All right, let's work on that. You're getting yeah. a lot of love in the in the chat right now. Um, Dominic says he wore his suffering from baseball withdrawal shirt and his I miss baseball mask to Disney World and got a lot of compliments. There nice. we go. Um, Dave says every Bodie in is his favorite shirt. Love David and, Bodie. And and even uh more so, uh Joe says, I like what Joe had to say about this team exceeding expectations, which um I think we would all like to see that. And um I I feel that way. I've done a few season previews with other NL Central podcasters and fans. And when I go position by position down all the other teams, especially the Pirates, but uh it's down every other other team, we got them. We can win this division, and if they don't, then it was a health issue or something else happened. But it wasn't because they weren't the best team on paper in the division, because I, I agree with you guys that I think they are. They should um, compete, right? So I'm going to bring on our next guest, but I'm, I'm not going to say goodbye to you guys yet, because I think you all sh- should say hi to each other, because <laughs> we can fit 10 people in here somehow. Woo! I don't know. We, 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 we got to do our Brady Things all here. First off, I just want want to say cheers right here to Sarah. Sarah, do you want to tell everybody, the audience, why we're cheersing you? Because I'm awesome and you like my scarf. Yes. And and I picked up baked goods at your apartment today, and you brought me delicious brownies that I already ate one of. Aren't they good? They're awesome, right? Jillian makes the best baked goods ever. Uh, She brought them for Cub Social in 2019 and was instantly the most popular person in the bleachers. Um, no, so I'm guessing Crawley is talking about the fact that this week I joined the staff at Fangraphs in addition to continuing to write Emily what? Cubby Blue. That's amazing! <laughs> That's awesome, Sarah. Well, well um, you, re- you really deserve it. And, it, and it's awesome that you have another outlet. And I just, it, it, it was so exciting. I'm like, if there's one person that deserves it, like, I was just like, no offense, Michael and Luis, but I'm like, I, I got I to get some more Sarah in the life. Sarah deserves Sarah does great work, and now she gets like a bigger platform. Yeah, it's always good when to see good people get promoted on 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 another level. It's great. Yeah. Thank you all so much, and I, I'm really looking forward to it. There will still be lots of Cubs stories at BCB, but I will be writing some national pieces um, over at Fangraphs. So make sure you check it out. So I want to introduce to our, our crowd, our th- who I just brought into the crowd, because I don't think everybody knows Sarah. You just met her. But also we have Andy Cruz Vanasek at Briz Blue. Um, and you guys are from Cup of Cubby Blue over on um, Bleed Cubby Blue, the website. Uh, it's the podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, basically. And um, so I, I just I just love seeing all these faces all together in the same room. And pretty soon uh, we'll be less. Uh, I don't think they sell pods of, of nine or, or tw- we roll deep sometimes. Yeah. Like, I don't think well, we so need have 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 like 50. <laughs> yeah, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing Sarah on Saturday. That's true. Joe, we need a shirt that says I need a bigger pod. <laughs> <laughs> I know, guys. Done. 
Uh, yeah, I'll, I'm going to hang out with Crawley at the rooftops on Saturday. And can I just say, I was at Jake Arrieta's last start for the Cubs in the NLCS, and now I get to be at his first start back. And I'll be wearing my Jake is back V-neck shirt that Joe made me, and I'm so excited. Nice. <laughs> so, Mr. Right Mr. Cerami, uh, Mr. Medina, we'll we'll have you guys back on uh, at some other at some other point during the season. I love doing these roundtables. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till we could do it at G Man Tavern with a beer in our hand, up on the stage, you know, and rocking out to some tunes. Like I think that'll be that's soon. It's coming soon, and uh, I can't wait for it to happen because that was a lost year, and it's just good to see everybody's faces again. And um, happy opening day, Danny. I want one more. I want. I need one second. Yes. You have to bring back my degenerate um, lifestyle tip of the week. The thing that we were going to do on, on the TV show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 your gambling tip. Yeah, we were going to do a gambling tip. tip. <laughs> we're going to get it out of the way right now. Kyle Hendricks, 66 to 1 to win the NL Cy Young. I took that. I took that same bet. I, I put $100 on that, and I'm so going to be I. so happy when I make six grand. I know. I told <laughs> all my friends, I went, this is the most undervalued Cy Young odds like I've ever seen. It's ridiculous. I, just, I, could, I can't shake it. He gets top 10 Cy Young votes every year. Every year, yeah. He's a, he's a great pitcher on a big market team and a team that if they win the division and he's the best pitcher, there's a really good chance he's in the top three of the Cy Young voting. And if he's in the top three of the Cy Young voting, he's got a chance to win it. Well, yep. and he is probably the pitcher who is most likely to throw 200 innings in baseball. And in a, in a year where, like, no pitchers are stretched out, that going is going down. to be such a premium value that I don't know how the people voting on this award will Voters be able to overlook the fact that Kyle Hendricks is the only guy with, like, five complete games. Andy mm-hmm. threw and all this other stuff in addition to the stuff he does normally well. So but, I just think it was Kyle's year. But but pitcher wins though. Like if I mean does does the guy have 20 wins? Cuz that's really what it is in the end. It kind of all goes together though. If he's doing well, then the Cubs will win the yeah. division, then he might have a lot I'm, of wins. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. The, I just no, like, I think wins that matters to the voters. voters love that. That's true. Yeah, it's yeah. stupid. That then is we can true. make Sile Young shirts or Sile yeah. Hendricks. Sile, Sile, yeah, Sile Hendricks. Sile with a C. Yeah. Well, all right, all right, thanks all right. for coming on. Yeah, we could do this. And we will. We'll do be doing this all year. We will not stop. We can't stop, won't stop. Thanks for coming on. Joe, keep making shirts. You're the best, dude. I, I just love everything you do. The simplicity of you is just so beautiful. And uh thank you for coming on. And uh and I'm gonna I'm gonna boot you out of here now. So thanks you, for guys. Bye, guys. Happy opening day. Andy, Sarah, we were talking a lot about the hitting side of things, but you know, we kind of now get led into the pitching side of things and and you know, we kind of joke about it, Danny and I and Michael, about how the Cubs are zagging while everyone's zigging. They're going more with control than speed. What do you guys think of the rotation this year? I actually, I actually love that because, um, like, just what we were talking about with pitchers not being stretched out, the finesse players, the, the pitchers that are really using, like, that, that – you know, uh, easy style of pitching. There's not so much torque to their delivery. There's not so much arm wear and tear. They, you're, I think you're going to find that they do a lot better. And I actually love that the Cubs went that route because, you know, I mean, you got Davies and Hendricks are both very similar style pitchers, but I feel like they're not going to have a ton of arm issues like some of your, you know, fireball throwers that have so much wear and tear on their arm, even just after half a season of throwing the way that they do. So I actually love it. I'm very excited to see how they do. We've been saying on this show that slow is the new fast. 
and yes. it, it, and it's and it really is that, that that's the zig when the when the zag goes and then you get the flamethrowers out of the bullpen i mean I do like how it kind of stacks up. Do you think that the Cubs rotation is deep enough? Sarah, I mean, what do you think? I'm I'm actually not worried about the Cubs depth for a couple of reasons. I I am a little worried that all of these guys offer you the exact same look. So, so I love the whole command thing. I like, I actually like the stuff. I I don't know how much everybody here reads, Edo Saris, but I like love his stuff because he's like super into like the numbers and like the spin rates and the tunneling and all that advanced pitcher stuff. He has a list for fantasy baseball purposes, but it totally works for our purposes. Uh, pitchers who are plus command and plus stuff, meaning they have above average pitches for whatever t- pitch type they have, and they know how to place them. The Cubs have a lot of guys, Alec Mills, Zach Davies, Kyle Hendricks, who are plus command, plus stuff guys. So I love that. I just worry about what happens when you're not mixing up that look, right? Like every day the max fastball velocity is 88 miles per hour. Seems like a problem to me. I'm less. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Concerned about the depth. I think that, you know, Albert Alzali is going to get the fifth spot in the rotation to start the year, but they've also got Shelby Miller with great in spring training. Like, it is so wild to me that I'm sitting here rooting for Shelby Miller, but I absolutely am, and I think 
that Shelby Miller might have a comeback on a team. With, we didn't have to give out Javier Baez to get him, by the way, which is outstanding. Um, and then you've got Alec Mills who can come in and start a handful of games. So I think that those last couple of spots might be shared by a handful of guys. And I'm not worried about depth. I'm worried about mixing up the look. You know, and let, let, me put, let me put the bullpen up because they did announce it, and it's going to be Kimbrel, Chafin, Workman, which kind of surprised me just because we didn't see much of him. Uh, Jason Adam, who pitched, pitched pretty well, Ryan Tapera, Rex Brothers uh, from the left side, Dylan Maples because he's pretty much out of options and actually seemed to maybe turn the corner. Who knows? Like we keep saying that, but it keeps not happening. Dan Winkler and then Alec Mills is kind of your long man. Um, was there anybody – did any of this surprise you? I mean, no, I mean, none of it would have surprised me or shocked me. Like, no matter what they put out there, would you know? Like, I wouldn't have been surprised if anybody but Kimbrel was not in there and Mills. You know? Yeah, I, I still think it's a good combination to follow up what we have in the rotation as far as like mixing up speeds and different looks and stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Shelby Miller, to me, I, I kind of have, I've, I've been on the Shelby Miller train for a while now since they signed him. And I just kind of, one of those things where like, if this is all I have to be excited about, then I'm going to figure out a way to get excited. So, I mean, and the fact that he had a decent spring and he also has added a pitch to, you know, an out pitch, as he says, I, I love it. I love that he's possibly somebody that can come in later down the road and and help the, the back end of the the bullpen out and and really you know be a closed down guy. I mean, and, and what a comeback story! I would definitely cheer for Shelby so, Miller. So is he going to start in the minor leagues? Is that what's going to happen? Is yes. starting there and it, and it's yes. just going to be depth for. I, I was a little surprised, and granted, you're going to use Alec Mills as your long dude out of the out of the the uh, the uh, pen, but I was a little surprised that they didn't kind of you know mix and match it a little bit more Brewer style and have a couple dudes that could eat two, three innings, but I guess what do they want to keep him, try to use him as a starter? Like, what do you think the, not to go like too deep into like, hey, let's talk about your seventh starter, but like, you know, is is that what they're trying to do? Is keep him stretched or because he was I out mean, of the pen and and no, I was, it. yeah, no, I was going to say, I, I kind of feel like that might be the situation because, you know, they might be playing with the back end of that rotation just to kind of see how everyone, um, you know, if that order works, if, um, if guys are able to pull their weight, what kind of innings they're going to, they're going to come out and throw right off the bat, that sort of thing. I mean, we do have the pirates a lot right off the bat. And so you probably want to get guys out there that don't have to be as, um, dominant or, you know, can play with more, more pitch combinations, that sort of thing with, you know, the, the schedule lineup that we have. So yeah, I could definitely see them looking at Shelby to be one of those rotation guys. If they ever come into a situation where they need it. Um, also Alec Mills too, obviously he's, he's up there for a reason. And, you know, they had kind of that, that competition, that friendly competition for those back end spots. So yeah, I definitely could see Shelby Miller coming in at some point and, and getting a spot start here or there. And, you know, if he proves himself, if he does well, I mean, I don't see him going anywhere and I would definitely love to see him do well with the Cubs. This is, this is a true story. I was on the backfields when, when the, when the Cubs were playing, I just came back from spring training and the Cubs, when they were playing away games, you could do the backfields. You couldn't, if it was a home game, but the pitchers were doing some drills and I see Andrew Chafin. I said, hey, Chafin, are you going to let the mullet grow? Because you're looking more and more like Rod Beck, <laughs> right? And I think I'm younger than Andrew Chafin. And Chafin turns <laughs> around and goes, who's Rod Beck? 
1998. He's like looking at me like, bro, I wasn't even like three in 1998. I keep forgetting I'm old. <laughs> it's easy to forget, right? It's easy to forget. But he looks like him a little bit, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So as far as like when I look at up and down, we just talked with the with the guys that were just on from Bleacher Nation about how – the lineup looks so strong when you just when you just go dude by dude, you know, Contreras, Rizzo, you know, name them off, you know, and they're all great and they're all better than most of the players on the other teams in the Central. It seems if you just go head to head with a couple of exceptions here and there. But the what do you think? So we kind of identified that as a pretty good strength. What do you think? What do you see as a weakness of this team that, you know, maybe could become either an Achilles heel or something that if they were within like, Hey, this team actually is gelling except for this one thing. Like we like, you know, Kimbrel's not working out or something. Do you think that this team would go out? Uh, first of all, can, can you identify a weakness and would the Cubs work to fill that weakness? Or are they just going to just kind of put out there what we got? So I think that the, this team's weakness is the weakness that a lot of teams in the Central have. And it's, it's not so much that they don't have depth in the rotation. It's just that they have a lot of number four or five guys who are playing at the number two, three spot. And so the weakness is the pitching, not because they don't have a lot of it, but because they have they don't have a, a, a real number two. They don't even really have a real number three. Like the closest they've got to to what I would consider a number three, like if I were putting together a lineup, is probably Zach Davies. And then I'd want Arietta as like my fourth guy. I feel like they're missing that bridge between Kyle Hendricks can be your ace and then you need somebody else, right? That's I'm, what you darvish. I got a great them. idea. Jose Quintana. What's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, you darvish. He finished second inside your right? You darvish would be a heck of an add to this team, wouldn't he? <laughs> so so the problem the problem is not so much that like like look, they're gonna have a roster that can win games in the central. I they should be fine against the Pirates and the Reds and like the Brewers and the Cardinals for that matter, because they didn't do much to get that much better either. Like if you look at the Cardinals rotation after Flaherty, it's like there's their number two is Wainwright. Wainwright is turning 40 this year. So it's like that. I don't know what they're doing in St. Louis, but the, and they're starting with four pitchers on the IL too. Wild. Um, But what the problem is when you get out of the division, right? Oh, like, we'll see that. Yeah, first West Coast road trip, and we're like trying to stay up till one a.m. to watch the Cubs lose twelve to two to the Dodgers. Like that's gonna be fun, right? I mean, David Price did not make the Dodgers starting five rotation. Their number five starter is gonna be Dustin May. They they have a former Cy Young winner who is like not going to be in the rotation. Actually, did David Price win the saying? I might be mixing him up with somebody. Else. My point is, the it, it's what happens when you get out of the center. Because the Central is, the Central is the weakest division in baseball by a lot, and you could maybe win that division and then go home in the wild card round when you have to play the Padres or the Mets or something. Well, the whole division went home even last year. I mean, we lost to the freaking Marlins, and then like with the Reds lost to the Padres, or I forget how it worked, but. But yeah, it wasn't you know it wasn't pretty. I think the only the Cardinals won one game. The Reds didn't score a single run. <laughs> the Cubs only scored one. You know, it was just like, yeah, and you could see that again this year. So, I mean, that's what I'm wondering. Do you think they would address some of those issues as they have in years past with trades? I don't see it, but I don't want to put words in your mouth if you if you do. 
here, here's what I think, and this is what I said in the BCB roundtable that went up on Bleed Cubby Blue this morning. I think this is a 90-win team or it's a 70-win team. And the way this team becomes a 90-win team is if they get off to a real hot start like they did last year, they're like 13-3, and three, and all of a sudden they've got a seven-game lead in the division, and they're just playing protect that lead for the rest of the summer. I don't think Hoyer's going to add a lot to that, but I do think he won't break up the band if that happens. He's not going to go sell off his one-year contracts if the Cubs are sitting at the top of the division by five-ish games. But if they're a 500 baseball team and they're like within two of the lead or maybe they have the lead by a game or two, they have a ton of players who are on one-year deals at the moment. It's not just the big, the core that we're all worried about. They're expiring like Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo. It's all Jock Peterson, one-year deal. Craig Kimbrell, last year of his deal. Jake Arrieta, one-year deal. Whoever's hot in that group is going to have a price tag on them if the Cubs don't look like they are going to commandingly win the division. And the second that sale starts, this team goes from being like, oh, maybe we could win 83 games to being a 70-win team. And we're all just going to have to deal with that, and it's going to suck. So you're talking about yeah. a Chicago White Sox white flag sale of the 90s that I remember. Kind of, yeah. I don't know what else they can do. They, they, they offered Anthony Rizzo five years and $70 million, and he told them to stop talking to him. Like... <laughs> You can't get your franchise player to sign an extension with you when you ask him to take a pay cut after he already signed a team-friendly deal. That is bananas. And if that's where this front office thinks they're at, they're not going to they're not going to extend any of these people. So they're going to be faced with a choice in July. Does Chris Bryant walk for nothing or do we try to turn him into some 17-year-old kid who might hit in 5 years? That's it. Yeah, I, you know, I, and and you pretty much are saying exactly what Michael Cerami said. He's like, this team's either going to be good and click, or they're going to be uh, disappointing, and it will look like a completely different team by the end of the year. And you'll be and you'll be looking at dudes that are were just as recently playing in Double AA, A, Triple A, all through September, and tickets will be, you know, four dollars, and you know, we'll all have a good time together, but you know, it, it won't be. I am going with Wilson Contreras. So wherever they trade Wilson, that is my new fan base. I, I am I'm a fan of them now, uh, and I will be you know watching Wilson Contreras play baseball games. I'll also obviously still care about the Cubs and watch them and stuff. But if there's a conflict and I have to choose between watching Wilson Contreras and watching the Cubs Double A guys, I'm probably going to watch Wilson Contreras. Um, I got one. I got one more question for you guys, and I kind of brought it up with the other guys and uh, the, that were just on, but. The idea of this one-year contract situation, um, there's a bunch of dudes playing for their next job. And I think that a lot of times you think, oh, that's going to light a fire under their ass. I don't – and for me, I think it will work for some guys and won't work for other guys. Uh, We just talked about the guys that we think it will work for. Do you think that there's anybody that maybe it will put an excess of pressure on and it may be – won't be the best thing for them to to be out there on, in that situation. I mean, I hate to say this, particularly with who you got coming up next, but uh, Chris Bryant, man, like he he has not shown the ability to thrive in an environment where he's got constant trade rumors. He's talked about how it makes him uncomfortable. Frankly, I'm still worried about the risk. His stack-ass numbers took a dive last year and, and admittedly hurt. Had, had a broken wrist and ligament stuff going on or whatever, got it. Well, those numbers, look, it's an eyeball test at this point because we didn't have stack cast numbers for the spring at Sloan Park. 
that he didn't look like a power hitter had returned. He looked like the same guy who was struggling to put the ball in the air with authority in 2020. And if that's what he's got and he's under a microscope of play for your play for your next contract, I just, I, I don't see that being a good combination. For him. Andy, do you agree with that? Or do you, would there another player that comes to mind? Yes, and actually, I would like to um, make a statement that is positive because I don't like ending things on a negative note. <laughs> I agree with Sarah 100%. Like, why are you making me talk about oh, things like this? Yeah, no, I'm going to end with- here by you telling me who's going <laughs> to suck this year because they can't handle the pressure. Oh, my gosh. Not me. Please, not me. No, I agree with Sarah 100%. I think what I've already watched of Chris Bryant in spring training, granted, I know it's spring training and you take it all with a grain of salt, but it's been very alarming. Um, the at-bats, the approach, all of it. it. Even his demeanor, he just looks very defeated. And I don't, I don't love that. I really hope he comes out with a new, a new vibe tomorrow at Wrigley. That would be great. Um, but I am very excited, and I know you guys talked about the, him a little bit, but I'm very excited about Jack Peterson in a Cubs uniform. I think he is going to thrive. He has a major chip on his shoulder because all he wanted to do is play every day, and his previous team wouldn't do that, and now he's got that opportunity in Chicago. And he is raking. Like, that dude is – I just hope that he brings that fire to Chicago and he comes out ablaze because he has looked amazing. And from all accounts, like everybody that you've heard them interview, you've heard Marquis interview, they love him. He's fit in so quickly. He's very laid back. He's a great clubhouse guy. Like what an addition. And that was a sneaky one. Cause I was like a little pissed to begin with. I was like, ah, I got a cheer for Jack Peterson, but I love him. And that was just a spring training. Like that wasn't even, any regular season games. Well, it, Spring it training, helps. I love him. It helps <laughs> to like a guy when he comes in and hits eight home runs right away. Right. And you're like, oh, my God, he's going to hit 60 this year. He's going to be like a Ruth out there. Oh, by the way, this just in from Chris Bryant. He just texted this to me. I don't uh, give a shit. How about that? Yeah. I, I don't know. He, he just texted that to me. He's like, like he's like, ladies are just like dogging me. I don't know. What's up to- Why well, can't can we, can we get the same – this, the St. Louis is boring part first. <laughs> <laughs> Prove me wrong, please. I'm, I'd be happy to be wrong. And, it, and um, you know, I, I'll, I'll ask to just kind of finish it up to keep it positive. Uh, who do you see benefiting? Like uh, you brought that up. Uh, do you see it benefiting for uh, uh, somebody like a Javi, for example, specifically Javi? What do you think about that? Would that benefit him or hurt him that he's playing for it? I think Javi's going to be better. Sorry, Andy. Like we're both no, trying to jump. I'll, I'll pause after this. I, I think <laughs> Javi is going to be better in 2021, but not because of the pressure of a contract. I, I think two things are going to really help Javi. One, fans. I think that Javi thrives off. He's like Wilson. He's like a, thrives off that energy, and like you could kind of see that he didn't have it last year. Um, two, video. I, I think Javi has been very upfront that he likes having video to adapt his approach during ball games and he hasn't had that in spring training either so i I am excited for javier Baez to get his video back yeah i think a lot of players are excited to get their video back um yeah i i i kind of think that he's not a dude that he doesn't seem to put a lot of pressure on himself in fact if anything he wants to put more pressure on himself it feels so you know i i feel like over uh, like Maybe this will be good for him. Maybe focus him even a little bit. I don't know. It's tough to say. But, well, uh, I'm going to bring, just so you guys can say hi, 
uh, I'm going to bring on uh, John Strong and Evan Altman, and we'll switch you guys out from the Rant and Cubs Insider. Hello, John Hello. Strong and Evan well, Altman. Hello. In the sixth, you guys are. Cheers, cheers, gentlemen. Hey, cheers. hey, hey. Cheers. Hey, happy, happy uh, opening day, Eve. It's great to see you guys. Nice. And um, so, uh, when do you think we're all going to be in a room together again? I know. Uh, you know, you guys aren't making it into uh, – none of you guys are going opening day. I know Crawley's going. Um, Evan, you're not going? I am When are we not. all going to be in the bleachers? That's all I care about. When's the next time the six of us are in the bleachers hanging out in left field or right – I don't know left field. We got This season. This season. Yeah, at some point. It's probably going to be late in the summer for me, but, uh, but at some point. I'm right. aiming for May. I'm aiming for May. Yeah, I'm aiming for Wednesday. So, <laughs> <laughs> as we said, we we need a I bigger like your pod. Answer better. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. going from I'm going from 80 degrees in Arizona to 37 degrees tomorrow. I'm oh, it's 37 cold. tomorrow. 37. Oh, yeah. I should have oh, stayed out with you and stole some yeah. more stuff from yeah. your house. It's going to be it's, 94 here tomorrow. Yeah, John's like it's 37 Celsius here, people. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it is. This is ridiculous. Oh. So, well, we'll say goodbye to you, and uh, I should tell everybody that's uh, out there that we're running a little bit late with everybody right now. We're about and not to be – probably to be expected. I was about to expose show. my backside. That's why Danny brought me in. He saw where I was yeah. going in <laughs> so, the green room. John's in the green room. He's, like, flipping off the camera, and it's like he's got his sunglasses on. He's, he's, he's like Carlos Zambrano in a fight. The belt was coming off and everything. The belt was coming <laughs> off. He started zipping. I was like, all right, I'm bringing him on the show before this gets ugly. <laughs> I miss um, Big Z, man. That man is still throwing like 95 miles an hour. The Cubs could use some bullpen help. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, let's, well, let's so. hope. Let's He's hope younger than Wainwright. So um, thanks for coming on, Andy and uh, Sarah from the Cup of Cubby Blue podcast. Check them out at what? Cup of Cubby Blue? <laughs> is, I mean, is that a website? <laughs> yes. It, well, our, our Twitter handle is at Cup of Cubby Blue, and every episode is pinned to the very top. Well, have a great season. I'm sure we'll see you soon. Very and, soon. Uh, and, and we'll move on. We'll move this show along with uh, Evan Altman and John Strong. I feel like we're go- kind of going backwards with us as guests. At least let me just say that for myself. We're not moving <laughs> forward. I'll say that about you as well. But well, yeah. <laughs> the, well if, if we started out the, the – uh, I think we started out the, the show with about this amount of viewers, and we're still at that amount of viewers. So, so far, you haven't done anything to dissuade people from watching this, uh, pre, this preseason show. We just show. got on. I mean, give it a couple minutes. So it takes I, the numbers a while to go. I'll down. have to I'll have to text um, Andy because I did not get her win total number. I forget. I keep forgetting. I actually texted. Uh, I texted um, uh, also Joe at Obvious Shirts, and he's at eighty eight wins. I couldn't remember if it's eighty eight or eighty seven. Evan, so, you uh, look like a Dark Lord. From yeah, like you Star do. Or something. Well, are I you a monk I, now? I got a hat. Like I always, <laughs> I always wear a hat, and uh, and so I didn't have a hat, so I just went with the hood. Yeah, I, think I didn't realize if I had, if I had known that the girls were going to run a little bit longer, then I would have gone upstairs and gotten a hat. But I think the South Pelicans have it in their contract. You're supposed to wear their hats on every appearance. You know, I I gotta I gotta you know eat my buttered bread there. Uh, they they know what's up, so you know I got to do some work uh, on their behalf. But uh, no, I and that you know I I don't know if I'm going to make a trip out there or not this year. I would love to, but I kind of feel like uh, the nice thing is that. Like the the Iowa Cubs come to Indianapolis now, and so I could stay right in my backyard and go watch the I Cubs for uh for like twelve games, uh which is pretty badass. I need yeah, to get down cool. to Tennessee again. 
that's kind of a hike, but and the South Bend is really close. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the protocols and, uh, and if they can get those eased a little bit because I'd really like the opportunity. We've had so many guys on our show that we've interviewed before, and now, now minor league baseball is back. It'd be really nice to go and get a chance to see those guys work and to just kind of um, – I, I just feel so awful for all those minor league players that have had to go through this just shit for the last yeah. year and a half that I want to go out there and just be like an obnoxiously positive, you know, screaming for these guys the whole time. So, um, yeah, yeah hopefully and, that'll all work. And I know that fun. You, you guys have interviewed a lot of these guys. I mean, it, and what what are they saying right now? And I would say that Cubs Insider does a, a, a really great job at, uh, at following the minor leagues, following a lot of these players, seeing who's coming through, where that depth is lying, who's breaking out. I think you guys do an awesome job of that. So h- how do you feel about, A, like the development of those players through the COVID year, and what are they saying about it right now? And I also want to ask, and I'm going to bring on uh, in a couple of guests from now, uh, Greg Huss from the Growing Cubs podcast, uh, and he, he's going to answer the same question uh, pretty much too. But what, what do you think about that year off and how it's going to affect these guys? You want to hit that, John, or do you want me to take it? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, we've talked to guys, and, I mean, basically, you know, they they, they did just kind of what everyone else is, was doing, and they were working out the best that they could. Um, who do we talk to the, uh, on Monday? Um, Jarek Suter, Jarek Suter, Jarek Suter, you know, said, Hey, listen, I was, he, he started coaching and went and taught baseball and then used their facilities to work out and kind of stay up, you know, and I threw, I just think threw it backboards and, you know, it, that was about it. You know, I mean, that's about all they could do, I think. And so I think they're all, yeah, they're stoked. They're all stoked to to get going and get started. Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be any rust on some of these guys, especially the pitchers you worry about. And I know yeah. they're I mean, a lot of that. these guys, they haven't thrown live for, what, 18 months, Evan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not, not to out, – outside of, like, bullpens or, you know, if they can get somebody to go stand in with them. I mean, a lot of them, you know, it's like you don't even have a catcher half the time. But, you know, I, I think that – we're going to see, and and I don't know, Greg probably is even better at this uh, than I than I can be, but I, I think we're going to see a big disparity in terms of the amount of development that's going on with some of these guys who knew what they were doing. If you talk to somebody, and we talked to Max Bain a couple weeks ago too, so this is someone who took his development in his own hands and just, and I mean, his videos are all over online, and this is like a super cerebral dude. I mean, he's been to. Uh, drive line out there in, in Washington. I think it's in Washington, right? It's around Seattle or is it around Portland? One or the other. It all runs together. Yeah, it's, um, it's somewhere up yeah. there. <laughs> Primetime velocity. Somewhere where, the corner. Yeah, where he's from in Michigan, he's been at X2, which is run by Luke Haggerty, um, a, a two-time former Cubs pitching prospect, interestingly <laughs> yeah. enough. So, so there's some of those guys have access to some phenomenal facilities and, and I think are, are going to be able to take that year where they just could really, really work on – their bodies and and their and their motion and everything else, and they're going to come out better. And I think there's some guys who are going to struggle with that simply because of whatever the circumstances were. You know, maybe it's like okay, I could go to my old high school, and uh, you know, maybe I could throw to the backstop once in a while. But I, if you don't have, I think any more in today's game, and you look at this, and and I don't mean to say that it's necessarily predicated on velocity. I mean it is. But the guys who could look at their numbers and who could actually measure, yeah, I'm getting better versus like, oh, I, th- I think I was throwing really hard today. 
But right. were you because you really were, or did you just throw like shit the day before and now it felt better as a result? So um, I, I think we're going to have are, a lot of guys who come into camp even more prepared and some who, and, who aren't prepared at all. So, And some are in, in completely different countries and kind of so far away yeah. just doing like Zoom meetings. And, uh, you know, they're, they're maybe back with the coach they had when they were 15, 16 years old. They're like, help me. I got, I was supposed to be up there now. And, you know, so, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of different things. So uh, I, I want to get your numbers on, on the Cubs before because we have Cerami at 92. Luis Medina's at 83 wins I'm, uh, for the Cubs. Sarah is either 70 or 90. Like, either they're <laughs> going to be great or, or bad. And then jo- Joe from Obvious Shirts is at 88. We got to still get Andy's. But um, I, d- I just want to get this on record. I'm writing everybody's down before uh, I, I screw up and let you guys go after this and don't get it. So, John, you go first. What, what's your win total? And if you want to explain yourself, go, go right ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, my win total, if the bullpen, if the bullpen plays well, like above average, I'm saying 95 wins. That's the highest. Wow. That's if the bullpen plays well and Alzelay's got to pitch well. Well, in to other me, words, I think, think Alzelay has the, the, the upside to be come out and surprise pretty much everybody. Yeah, I mean, we saw that, you know, when he tipped his hat to the crowd and the first time he ever pitched uh, at uh, Wrigley Field. But wh- do you trust this bullpen? I mean, we really – you look at somebody, uh, you know, like we've seen with Kimbrell, it had the one good month where he kind of figured it out, stopped tipping, no, tipping his pitches. I do pitch not trust Twitter. the bullpen at all. I think Kimbrell is terrible. I think he's going to continue to serve up home runs like he has the last two years. But 95 wins, we're sticking with it. 95 wins. If they don't play, it's a terrible division. They're in a terrible yeah. division. I mean, the Cardinals are not a good team. Their pitching is going to be terrible. I mean, it's, you know, there's nobody else that's good in the division. They're going to play all these teams a whole bunch of times. And so, yeah, I mean, even if their bullpen performs poorly, I still think they're winning 88, 89 games just because it's such a bad division. And I think their offense is great. You know, I mean, I think they're going to have a very good offense. I think uh, Chris Bryant's going to play well. I think Jock Peterson's looking good. You know, they've got, they've got some stuff. Duds, dude, on offense. Wilson Contreras, Javi Baez. I mean, we all know. Obviously, it's, no, it's it, dude by dude. You, you, Anthony line them Rizzo. Up. I mean, you just uh, there's no one on the team you don't like. Now, John, you know? speaking of studs, you know, I think this is where you get 95 oh, no. wins from. Is is, is the uh, is is we were scouting together. And we may have had a couple jerks. I don't know. <laughs> we were that. Uh, that's. I'm glad we weren't doing anything bad there. <laughs> not that we did that at all. It looks like, yeah. But in that picture, you look like you just had done something bad. Like you, <laughs> we always look like that, though. I mean. Yeah, there definitely is is an element of rottenness to the smirks on your face. So where are you at, Evan? And if you could explain uh, where you'd be and why? Yeah, I think I think I'm around ninety. Um, you know, that could probably fluctuate a little bit one way or the other, and. I mean, it's it, it, like you guys just said, look at they were flashing the lineup on there today, what we think is going to be tomorrow's lineup. And you look at, again, that it, it's easy last year and, and even the last few, right, that they, they haven't performed. And, and a lot of that is just inconsistency. Last year was the first one we really saw like Rizzo and Javi and KB all had bad years, right? But I, I don't think anything like that can be expected Again, and you go up and down that order, and if you look at okay, uh, you know Ian Happ was incredible 
before he fouled that ball off his eye. Yeah. And, I, and I love it. Like, it's the funniest thing to me, too, when, when people are like, well, you can't excuse injuries. I'm like, it's of not course you ex- can. <laughs> yeah, you, you can actually when you use that as an explanation for why something happened. Because if you say, here is when it happened and you look pre and you look post and those and it's like, oh, here's this event that took place. And that is why that was the same as Amora too. I mean, it's uh, a lot of it's just mental, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean it, it, it messes with them mentally. Yeah, and it, it really does. But if these guys come out and, and if, and, and I'm not saying like all of them have career years, that's not even what has to happen. They just all need to not have the worst years that they've ever had. And this is a potent lineup. The defense is incredibly, it's, yeah. it, I don't want to say it's incredibly improved, but it's improved over last year. Definitely. Just with Peterson out there in the outfield alone yeah. and with ha- having more experience. So, I, I mean, I, I think, again, the the rotation and the bullpen, there's a little bit of margin for error there, but I think there's also some serious potential for them to surprise a lot of people. I think the rotation in particular can be a lot better. Some of that's coming down, you know, backing off the Darvish ledge. You know, when that happened, it was like, shit, they're going to suck, and oh, this is going to be horrible. But, like, <laughs> Zach Davies is legit. Yeah. Like, he really is. Yeah, I, because I, I've often been watching pitch against the, you know, it's like, oh, this guy's gonna suck, and it's like, oh, damn it, he beat us again. Yeah, and he, he beats you surprisingly. He beats you quietly and sneakily. Yeah, he's like and, Hendricks. He does it kind of like Hendricks does it. That's right. And and it's funny with if they had kept Darvish and then signed Zach Davies or somehow got him from the Padres some other way or like he was a free agent or something, you'd be stoked. Oh yeah. You'd look up his numbers, you'd be like, This is awesome. We just improved with Zach Davies. But because it was the Darvish situation that of him leaving and him coming, it felt like, you know, we traded a, a gold mine for a pile Dude, of puke. Hendo Hendricks and, and Davies could be really good together. You know, I mean well, sometimes you get two pitchers. <laughs> because they're, they were very similar in pitching style. I think they could they together could could help boost each other. Just because they have that similar similar style, and I think that they could kind of you know kind of come together as a as a pretty good combo. They're so like the, don't be surprised like, if that happens. They're like the reverse nasty boys or something, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, like, yeah like, they're like nasty boys. The good school boys. <laughs> You're like, who can throw a curveball slower and still get a guy to swing at? Say, swing through it, you know? You're, Johnny's too nice. He can't throw a good curve. Whoa! <laughs> I think the one thing though, guys, and then again, I wasn't out there that long, John. You've seen a lot of spring training games. Sarah alluded to it. Chris Bryant, I was hoping would have a better spring than what I saw. Any concern out of that from you guys, or, or not? No, so I'm much? not concerned at all. No, I mean, I, I thought, I thought, what if it's spring training? I mean, the thing is, is that we can't it, listen if it happens in the season. But it's 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 spring training, so to me, it doesn't a it lot works. doesn't you know a lot. Yeah, I mean, is Jack Peterson going to hit you know eight home runs and would they play thirteen games, and twelve 13 games? Did. I hope so. Oh, yes, no, please, no yes. that's not going to happen. So, Sixty home runs, Jack Peterson this year. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> the wind blows out every day. Like you kidding me? But Evan, you didn't give me your win total. Yeah, I did. I said ninety. Oh, you did. Oh, oh yeah, you did. Oh, I wrote it down. You, you didn't, didn't write, write it down. Danny, no, I actually, what no, this is how stupid I am. I wrote it down and still was like, "Did Evan give me the win total?" <laughs> Let yeah. me look at the paper. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean. I think the the issue with Bryant that we saw a lot of in spring training, and we we typically see he's always a slow starter. He's always gotten off. Like, look how how long it took him to hit a home. Like everybody's freaking out, right, when he got called up. And it's like, oh man, is this guy ever going to hit a home run? You know, Addison Russell hit a home run before Chris Bryant did, and he got called up like two weeks later. Um, right. 
there's a fun memory, but um, <laughs> it, uh, it it's a lot of what he's going through is timing stuff. I mean, if you look at kind of how it, and Rizzo's kind of similar, he'll go through some weird, yeah, like Rizzo will go through usually like two weeks at a time every once in a while where you're like, what the hell is that swing? What are you doing? And then he'll he'll get out of it. And he'll click. It's, it's a timing thing. And with Bryant, what you saw, I mean, he, he just had the one tank, um, but he he was drawing his walks well, so he's seeing the ball well. But what you saw was he was like just missing. He was just off on the timing. He changed his swing a little bit this year. Uh, he's loading into the back leg a little bit more, and ideally that'll create a little bit more bat speed. But the timing is different, and when you're a big, tall guy like that, that makes a difference. So I think it's going to take him a little bit to settle in once he does. I, I think he's fine. I mean, he's healthy. Um, again, that's one of those deals, though, where he's under the microscope. I mean, a lot, and a, and a lot of these guys are going to be right. You talked about that with the with the ladies before this, but they're all on one year deals, essentially. Not all right. of them, but a, a whole lot of them, right? And it's like you've got to do this. And there's there's two different ways that can go. Generally, it doesn't just result in mediocrity. It's either you're going to put too much pressure on yourself and you're going to press and you're going to suck, or you're going to thrive under that knowing I'm playing for this, you know, I'm playing for my next contract or, you know, I'm playing to stick in, or stick around in town or whatever the case may be. Or, so, Or even to win one more with this kind of core together. It, yeah. I mean, just even emotionally, they all have plenty of money to live the rest of their lives. So it, it, it's more about, I think, something else, the prestige of it and also the competitiveness of, well, they're sports guys. They are competitive by nature, <laughs> you know, yeah. like. That's why they got into it. So yeah, I can, and they're competitive with themselves. So, uh, do you see that? So do you see that ultimately being a, a, a positive? I guess that's like, do you think this contract year experiment that they're doing is ultimately going to be a positive for the team overall this year? And they will outperform what they would have if it wouldn't have been a contract year. Not that you is, can is that a positive. For wins, you mean? Yeah, well, the, for themselves, for wins, like for well, I think that's a tough team to say, that can get to the ninety-five listen, wins you want or whatever. If this team, if they don't sign anybody to an extension, and they get you know midway through the season and they're just crushing it, what what are they going to do? You know what I'm saying? I mean, they don't. They already don't want to pay the guys they've got, and if the guys they got go out and become more much more valuable because they played really well in the season, then what are they going to do? You know, are they literally going to sign nobody to an extension? Because that's that's what what it's I think happening. the trouble of going into the season without any other uh, without any contract extensions. I think that's a big issue that could possibly happen, and I want it to happen. I want the Cubs to dominate. It's, so it sucks to think that if that happens and they don't sign somebody within this first, you know, soon. And and Rizzo himself the other day said that you know he doesn't want to talk during the season. And he's so, done. It's only Javi now. I, mean, I think that he comes oh, out and I has get... a killer year. Are we? We're going to lose Rizzo, right? He's going to go somewhere else. Yeah. So well, that's no, <laughs> I do <laughs> want to thank you, you know, John. I want to thank you and your family for your hospitality this last week. Appreciate it as always. Sure. Yeah, and I Glad like you your guys' optimism. Like you, like of all the outfits that we've had on this show so far, you guys have the highest win total, ninety-five and ninety. That's an average of ninety-two point five, 
Whereas like you got Luis and Michael Cerami from Bleacher Nation at 83 and 92, which like that might not even with that 83, but yeah, well, I mean, the Luis, well, Sarah was that still win the division though. The thing 83 wins could theoretically, I mean, like you only got to be around 500 and I think you got a fighting chance at it. That is what I I have them at 84 wins. And I think that might take the division. I think everyone, you know, the the four horses are going to be right in there. Maybe Cincinnati a little back. But it's not going to take much. To, they're going to beat each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that, that's year. why I don't think there's much of a difference. Like, and I was saying this the other day, is that I mean, it could really be a, a couple of runs here or there in a few different games that could swing that total. I mean, you look at 86 versus 90 wins. That could really hinge on three or four runs here or there. Yeah. Realistically, we saw that what what happened in 2018. That's right, right. down the stretch when they kind of fell apart and it's like they lost all those one run games or, you know, yeah. and they got beat by one run in what game 162 to force the game 163, which they lost by a run. And then it forced a wild card, which they lost by a run or two runs or whatever it was like you score one more run in one game and win that game. Now you don't even have to play game 163. You're the yeah. division champs. Now you don't play the wild. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's incredible. We talk about this long, long season, but there are times in which, a single run could mean yeah. a difference, and, and yeah. I really, and that's again, that's why I like Peterson and left. That's why I like upgrading the defense because getting a few more outs, just they're going to be the right outs. But that honestly, that makes a difference. Well, that's why I act like it's Game Seven of the World Series on April twenty third. Like when we <laughs> when we lose by you know in the night, that I'm just like, are you kidding me? And people are like it's only April. I'm like, no, we needed that. You know, like <laughs> we need that later in April, right? Yeah, yep. exactly. All count the same. Well, I like your positivity. I'm a big fan of you guys. Always have been. I mean, we're great friends and everything, too. So, like, you know, the rant's awesome. Um, I'm coming to Chicago this summer, by the way. You're coming to Chicago this summer. Cubs Insider is an awesome website. And yes. you like Fontune is getting polished as we speak, Johnny. Oh, and I just, like I, I wish, I wish you both an awesome cub season. And just, like, I know we're going to do a lot of shit together throughout the year. And I can't wait till we're all in the bleachers again. Yes. And we're going to do more rant around tables. We're going to do all this stuff. And we're going to talk about the Cubs for six months straight. We're going to lose our damn minds. And we're going to win the fucking world series. How about it? Huh? I like it. I like right. it. Hey, yeah. So, uh, I'm going to say good, uh, goodbye to you. And as I do, I'm going to play, uh, we got this awesome, uh, from Cub Smurf. Our good friend at Cubsmurf, follow him on uh, Twitter. Uh, it's, he wrote, he well, this is from last year, the Cubs Boat. Oh, the Cubs yeah. Boat parody. It's coming on the show. He redid it with all the new guys. So like, I'm going to play oh. this. And when we come back from the Cubs Boat, you know who's going to be on? The director of morale, the Dom himself, is going to be on with us. And then we got Greg Huss. From the Growing Cubs podcast, Wrigleyville Nation, Club 400, and Joe Kilgallen to round it out. So uh, here's the Cubs boat, and we come back in a minute and a half. It's going to be Dom. It's like a telethon, this is. Oh, yeah. it is. I'm, the, I'm Jerry Lewis, baby. <laughs> Cubs <laughs> telethon, baby. You need a break for beers as well. Here's Cubs boat. Cubs, the season is new. Gonna score lots of runs off you, the Cubs. Wrigley's gonna roar, screaming fans, bleeding Cubby blue. Long home run 
baseball out in the sun. Cubs will win the World Series, so don't make October plans. The Cubs put in runs on the board. Come and see the team. Ricketts can't afford the Cubs from Chicago. The Cubs. Oh hell yeah! Um, well, uh, I, I got to tell you guys that the reason we got the director of morale on right now and the reason that he doesn't have his, his uh, camera on right now is because he sent me a picture of himself, and this dude is so <laughs> handsome. He might be the most handsome person I've ever seen in my life that we decided, I decided, I was like, like, dude, you can't come on with your picture because people aren't going to listen to what I say or what Crawley says or what he or what you say because they'll be too wowed by your looks. Um, so I'm really sorry about that, and I, I'm also sorry about this. I really thought your name was Dom <laughs> for, like two, for like two years, and um, and uh, just to preface, I already have you down as 162 and 0. Is that correct? As as your number? Um, I I mean I'll, I'll go. You want to start it off with what my number is? I yeah, I, I do. I, I want your number first out because I already wrote it down at 162. Uh, do you want my actual number? Yeah, yeah, your want? real number. Yeah, of course. Um, honestly, I'm like at 86 wins. I think yesterday with what or the uh, two days ago with the Rizzo talks falling through, I think Pandora's box was really opened. Uh, and the reason I say that is because if you know Anthony Rizzo can't get a uh, full market price, then Where's Chris Bryant at and where's Javi Baez at? And I feel like now, considering where we're at, uh, if the team's going to play well, yeah. I mean, we could get to 90 wins. But if they are playing well, you're going to see that Chris Bryant's going to be valuable in the trade market. And most likely come July, it's going to be some tough sledding for us Cubs fans. So I have 86 wins. I've always said this entire time the goal for me personally is for this team to compete for a division and get an extension done. Obviously, that hasn't happened so far. Because of that, uh, I think it's at 86. Um, but, uh, again, I'm incredibly excited to watch this team play and uh, you know celebrate this team with all the Cubs fans. And I have to say, I've been listening to this show since 7 uh, p.m. the whole time, and it's been awesome. You guys have done a great job, and I'm very honored to be here. Thank you for having me again. Oh, thank you, sir. And when you got it. Is your name Frederick? My name's Fred. Yeah. All right, Fred. All right, cool. Because yeah. I'm so embarrassed because I saw you yell at somebody. You're like, you're like, my name's not Dom, you idiot. I was like, oh my god, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. of course, it says Dom Frederick, director of morale. Yeah. Like, oh, of course. So you, I got to talk to you about this morale stuff because, like, yeah. you know, if if anything, like, I'm a cynical old fart. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I've always glass half empty guy. And I feel like you're the anti rocket in some ways. Like you're always, you, you take a glass half full. You always like, come on, win one for the Gipper kind of dude. How did you come about being that kind of person that would rather look at things that way than, because let's face it, like the, the Cubs lovable losers thing, that is more the, you know, the history of it where you feel like you, it's you know, more the norm over. than what we've had the last five years. The last yeah. five you're talking about that's the golden age since 1908 you know what i mean that's when they went to the world series three years in a row you know this cubs team is some of the greatest we've ever witnessed 
Yeah, Jay. absolutely. I think I'm a uh, positive person. I'm optimistic, even to a fault. I mean, I think that might be one of my character flaws or that like people that personally know me when something's going really bad, unless someone's like dead or something, I'm like, oh, it's all right. We'll be good. And everyone's like, shut up, Fred. Like, it's, it's not good right now. <laughs> um, so overall, that's just how I am. And then, I, I mean, I've, I've talked about it a lot. I have found uh, I, I have found it to be very troubling when, you know, it could be like at the beginning of a playoff game and the Cubs go down, whatever, 2-0 in the second inning, and everyone's like, oh, it's over, it's done. And then you just don't really enjoy the fact that you're watching a playoff game and you should be celebrating the fact that you're in this game and all the good things that come from watching a baseball game. And I've just always had trouble with that. I don't like it. Personally, it doesn't vibe with me. So, I mean, this is my, you know, regular uh, being, my regular mindset. I'm very optimi- I'm very optimistic. And then if you follow along for a while, I think you understand that a lot of what I say is uh, sarcasm and there's a lot of jokes that go along with it. That, sure. That people that don't follow don't really understand that. But, yes, I, I am incredibly optimistic. And, you know, I, I like to have fun. I like to have fun on Cubs Twitter. I like to, you know, uh, poke fun at things, make jokes make myself sound stupid. I mean, I'm the big, you know, I say the most ridiculous things all the time. And I say that because it's Twitter. I'm not on trial. I can go, I'm not offending anyone. I'm not saying anything racist or discriminatory. I'm just out here just saying ridiculous things on Cubs Twitter, trying to make people laugh. And that's always been my goal the whole entire time. The Sun Ranto Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. And the tournament is here. And so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest at Bet Online Because it's the place to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Sunranto Show is also brought to you by eBay Sneakers. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair that you've been eyeing. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one-of-one pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. So get that done and go buy some darn sneakers at ebay.com slash sneakers. We thank them for sponsoring the Sun Ranto Show. Well, you know, I think that there's, there's, I always joked around with my dad, who's a, you know, he's a Cub fan since 46. And, yeah. uh, you know, you have some fans that are, Ernie Banks type fans. They're kind of rare. They're kind of like you that are let's play two and everything's good. And then you have a large portion of the fan base that identified more with Ron Santo, who would be up and down with every game, which is really hard to do over 162 games. What do you think allows you to be that? Is there anything you do that keeps you that balanced throughout the season? 
You know, that's a great question. I, I mean, I didn't play professional baseball. I played college baseball. And I would say for myself, like, I had to psych myself up to play uh, at that level. Like, I had to believe personally that I was the best player on the field. And I felt that way when clearly that wasn't the case at all. Like, I, I had a really rough time playing. I had major ups and downs. And I guess that kind of where it stems from is where you kind of, like, see the light at the end of the tunnel when you're batting, like, uh, you know, 100 and you're hitting ninth and you're striking out every single time. I guess that's kind of carried over uh, after college into, you know, whatever, post-college life. And then once I started with Twitter, I just kind of carried that over. And I'm a confident person. I've always been confident when it comes to sports. Um, I know like what I say is like ridiculous, overly, overly confident. My ego's through the roof. I get it. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of how I am. I see every new day as an opportunity. Uh, every day's opening day kind of in my, uh, in my world, kind of going back to Nick Castellanos and that's just kind of how I am. And, um, you know, I want to make people laugh. And from that, I just try to throw the things in the past and move forward and try to, uh, you know, bring a, a positive aspect or outlook. Uh, to the fan base on a consistent basis. So why do you think, uh, you know, you've been in contact with a lot of the players now. You've been on mm-hmm. Ian, Happ's, Ian Happ's show. You're, you're slinging coffee and stuff with him. Uh, and w- what do you think about that kind of vibe that you're bringing is, is kind of – because even the the marquee network, they you know, Hap's talking about you uh, uh, on the on the spring training broadcast. What about it is resonating with them a, at this particular moment? And because uh, I think I, didn't you like double your Twitter followers in like the last like four months or something like that? It's, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, over the last year, I'd say the, over the last year, it's jumped up by like at least twenty five percent. So yeah, I mean, it has it has grown. Uh, exponentially of late I would say the most I think the biggest thing that probably relates to them when when we've talked a lot is that in one form or another like they are very tuned in to what goes on on Cubs Twitter and what goes on social media and they're not naive to the fact of where the narratives are surrounding the team and I think it weighs on them and it's not that I'm trying to be you know uh, carry the water and, you know, say everything's great and everything's fine. But I think in their mind, they're like, man, we're, we're busting our tails trying to do this stuff and everyone's saying how bad we are and this team's, you know, this and that. And I, it wears on them. It wears on the fans. I, I mean, I don't want to speak for you all, but I bet at times it wears on you. It, it wears, wears on, on the players, and I think it's got to wear on the players. I mean, yeah. a lot of them have been a lot more honest recently. Chris Bryant went out there, and he's like, yeah, man, I'm I'm a little hurt by this. You yeah. Know? He's like, oh, you're such a wuss. You know? And you're like, dude, they're people. They're people. They're yeah. people. That's the biggest thing, and that's, I mean, that's what I've come to appreciate, whether it be, you know, working with Schwarber or talking with uh, you, Darvish and Ian and – uh, Alzale. I mean, the, the the list goes on and on. You mean Moralzale? Yeah, Moralzale. That's the that's the thing that kind of uh, continuously comes up is like they see this stuff. It wears on them. It. I mean, they're human. It bothers them. And I think in the age of social media, um, I mean, it, it's a new era. It's not like I know, Carl. You were saying like the, it's not Ron Sano anymore. It's not Ernie Banks. Like these guys are tuned in this is part of their lives they're human beings in 2021 so um again it's not me trying to say everything's fine and dandy in their world and they're the best thing ever i just think they appreciate the positive outlook and the optimistic outlook on what they're doing because in their mind like kind of what i was saying earlier 
Like in their mind, they have to psych them up themselves up to play in the big leagues on a daily basis. Like that's very challenging to do. And just to get kind of that reassurance from the fans, that's why they always say, hey, we play for the fans. We love the fans. And when the fans, you know, show that respect, show that uh, gratitude, show the enthusiasm, they feed off of that. So I feel like the same thing is then transferred over into Twitter. And I've been lucky enough for them to want to collaborate and want to talk and build relationships, it's, uh, which is what I'm very thankful for. It's absolutely fascinating to me, you know, mm-hmm. just like the, the interaction between fans and players. Because, I've, you know, we've had some on this show and yeah. different dudes, uh, you know, they gravitate this way and that. And just I just love the interaction between us all because there's millions of us and there's millions of us that we can reach. It's a real force of humanity humanity yeah and the the fact that you know and thanks for coming on the show absolutely you know and it's funny we we got a we got a uh a uh, comment in the chat from cubby steph she says i tuned in because i wanted to see what dom looks like but the thing is you couldn't handle it no he sent me a (laughs) picture and i've I've just never seen a more beautiful man like it's just you can't handle it even yeah, though you, you have positivity, what do you think is probably eating at you the most right now, Fred? Like, what are, you, what are you a little bit concerned about? If you were to say, okay, my concern with the 2021 Cubs is this. It's the extensions. I mean, it's the fact that we're going into a year. I, like I said, I've been listening the whole entire time, and every single guest has done an awesome job speaking about this. It's the fact that there's so many guys playing on one-year deals, and the fact that Jed, with no general manager, has to figure out who's he's going to – Who's he going to you know, create a new core with moving forward? And to the point, like I said before, when you open Pandora's box and you go out and you give Anthony Rizzo half of what he's worth, I mean, that's tough. And now, now every guy's – if you're Wilson Contreras right now, what are you thinking? If you're Javi Baez right now, what are you thinking? I mean, I don't want to say this for sure, but is there any chance Chris Bryant's a Cub next year? I would probably say no. Yeah, After yeah. Right, I don't think there's any shot, and I hate to say it that way, I just don't think there's any chance. Um, what frustrates me is, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018, I thought the narrative changed that this looked like the best run organization and every player would want to come here yeah. because of the amenities and how we treated our players. And then the, like, like a lot of people have said, the modern day, I don't, I don't like saying the modern day Mr. Cub because there's only one, but, but for many, you know, a lot of people, this, you know, Rizzo is the standard bearer for Cubs excellence for their, for their lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's the guy, he's the captain, a C should be on his chest, the whole deal. I mean, he's been the philanthropist, the the leader, of the, the, the whole nine. And um, it was unfortunate to see yesterday. I had always banged on the fact that they were going to do one thing right. And I'm not here to blow up the Cubs spot. I'm not here to, you know, run amok right now on the organization. They have made so many bad decisions from a decision-making standpoint, a PR standpoint, a personnel standpoint. I mean, it goes down the line, and the other day was a perfect example of it. You cannot have that happen two days before the season. It just can't happen. They keep shooting themselves in the foot. And so, so that's the biggest thing for me because when, once it comes down to July and there's no extensions, everyone's on the table in my mind. All right, so get, get, whoever, it's, they're all on the table. We've seen yeah. other professional franchises trade bigger stars than Anthony Rizzo. No offense to him. We've seen bigger guys go. And you never know what's going to happen, especially now. We saw you, Darvish, gone. John Lester, gone. Schwarber, gone. Uh, Len Casper, gone. Uh, Theo Epstein. I mean, the list goes Huge. on and on. And why can't it be Anthony Rizzo next? So um, that's the biggest thing that worries me overall, for sure. 
Yeah, I, I could see I could see a total, especially with the the contract of the CBA being up. And, oh yeah, and the, the there's really kind of an opaque future it, that they're looking down the barrel at. So yeah, I'm it just really could be this tough. Year, I'm looking at this situation, and the only positive I can spin from it is maybe the PR gets so bad at 1060 West Addison that they finally relent and let Sammy Sosa back into the building. <laughs> I mean, Crawley, I mean, that's one of the best things you said all night. I've been listening to the show the whole entire time. Another incredible PR mistake that they keep shooting themselves in the foot. The fact that they just won't go forward and say, hey, Sammy, let's roll the balls out for you one time. Let's throw out the first pitch and just go from there. The fact that they can't even do that, the fact that they can't even, you know, put their ego aside, someone with a massive ego right now, the fact that they can't do that is ridiculous <laughs> what are we doing what are we just tom, tom rick it's craig kenny you weren't even there and the fact that this thing's going on is no, crazy i don't I, get it i think ricketts was in college out there in the bleachers and My like Lord. sammy must have done something that you know d- didn't blow him a kiss or it, something fast enough it's or. just absolutely insane and again, <laughs> like i'm someone I've been criticized in the past for saying, hey, Fred, you don't hold these guys accountable enough. You don't do this. You don't do that. To the point, I can't even make excuses for this anymore. I can't even spin it myself. It's crazy. What are you guys doing? They need to all get in a boardroom and just sit down and say, literally, what are you doing? One time, make a good decision for the entire fan base, the entire Cubs community, which makes you not look like you don't know what's going on. That's the biggest frustration. I know I'm on a tangent right now, but no, no, it's stuff I love like it. that. I, dude, I even made you a graphic. It says Dom Rant and Progress like that on the bottom. It strikes a chord, Danny. It's I agree. crazy. You're speaking from you, the heart. You, no, you, you can would tell appreciate you. this. I just bought a photo of Sammy carrying the flag around the base post 9 11 when Billy Williams handled it, uh, handed it to him. I'm going to get that autograph from Sammy next time he's in Florida. There you go. I mean, that. I've. That's incredible. I mean, the reason why I'm a Cubs fan or a, a diehard Cubs fan is because of Sammy Sosa, is because of the home run chase, is because running out to right field every day and showing up. I'm not saying he should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he was the best teammate. I'm not saying he should be whatever, uh, looked at as one of the best players ever. But can he get one time to roll out the balls, throw out the first pitch, <laughs> sing the seventh inning stretch, sit behind the dugout? One time, like and- Scotty Pippen at the United Center. One time, guys, the fact that this can't happen is absurd. And it the is. funny thing is, is that people don't realize some of their favorite players have done some bad shit. You know what I mean? Oh it's- my God, it's incredible, Mark Graves. The whole—I <laughs> mean, let's go. What are I, I could go on and on and on about this? It's and crazy. Joseph and Ron Santo is one of my favorite players of all time. I remember him yelling at Don Young in '69 and threw everything off the. You know, yeah. Just there, there are certain things, but everybody somehow seems to get forgiven except for one person. You know what? And I think. I mean, I don't mean to bring in, like, the social issues of everything, but it just goes, like, to show, like, privilege at times and how it can really play into a fact. And just the fact that Sammy has been treated like this is absolutely insane when you got guys running up saying, you know, Mark Grace gets a job at Marquee like it's nothing. I mean, it's just – and he's been – he has felonies. The, the whole deal – I don't mean to – I don't mean to open Pandora's box there, but it's just – it's this broader issue that that we deal with. Yeah, he's the fact wearing that Sammy has to deal with it is crazy. 
He's he's wearing Sheriff Joe's pink underwear. Marquis like, eh, come on by. Yeah, we, we got a go. job for you. He's come, right in. He's right. Come in. go Archie Bunker on our broadcast on a Sunday afternoon. The yeah. kids will love it. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Oh man, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show tonight. Thank I was you. Doing- I appreciate it, Crawley. I uh, your your uh, tweets when you were in Arizona made me laugh out loud. You oh, you got to play. Sink. You thought it was a trough, and then when you got the when you got the tickets, and they were like, you you moved down towards the field. I was laughing so hard. Don't let them take that spot away from you, Crawley. Don't they, let them. They tried. Don't let them take it away from you. I love it. This is my favorite moment. I'm going to play it again. We played it at the beginning of the show. Is here's Crawley like sneaking down to box seats. At, where was this against Seattle? Just swaying back and forth in the breeze, like yeah. I'm in the eighth inning at a spring training game. You guys, I'm I'm really surprised you didn't get arrested. I'm surprised <laughs> you're here tonight, to be honest. I love it. I love it. It's well, hey, that was hey, Crawley, that was a trough. Don't that was think, a trough. That was a trough. What in if fact, I was, this, here, if this I was is why in I contacted you about this. This is why I, I said this is brilliant because you could pee and wash your hands at the same time. Exactly. Why did you not think of that first? It's, where you're saving water, you're saving all this. It's just, it's so much more efficient. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, man, this has been fun. This has been fun. Um, we got to have you back on the show. Yeah, at some point. Whenever, we, we, whenever you want me on, I'm more than happy to come on. And uh, I love these. I love these telethon shows and just like hearing from everybody for 10, 15 minutes at a time and, and just getting everybody's perspective. It's so good because, you know, it, we're so lucky as fans to have uh, the, the, the men and women around us that, uh, that root for this team in blue. Absolutely. And, I, and I'll, I'll say it again. The, uh, the, the people that were on, Sarah, Andy, Michael, Lewis, uh, Evan, and who's the other? John. John, John Strong they, they and fa- uh, Joe. They were fabulous. I love listening to them. And um, I, should, I should pay more attention myself. They were absolutely awesome with all the insight they were giving. And thank you all for having me on again. It was great to meet you all virtually. And, uh, yeah, let's talk soon. Keep in touch. It's been awesome. Thank you again. If you're around Wrigley, let us know, and we'll grab a beer or two or three. Absolutely. You got it. We'll see you in the bleachers. Yes. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Cubs in four. Cubs in, uh, yeah, four. Yeah, we'll go four. Cubs in four. That's right. (laughs) Get it. Oh, man. Dude, that was so good to meet him. But uh, we're going to keep moving right along because we're, what are we? We're about in the 25 minute behind. Uh, we're doing the, the normal. Right now. Yeah, we're doing the normal, but I got kind of planned for it. So I'm going to bring him right in. We got Greg Huss of the Growing Cubs podcast following the minor leagues for you and yours. What's up, guys? Yeah, hey, man. well, first of all, I got to say, screw you guys for making me follow that. I, I got to follow, <laughs> follow the Dom. <laughs> well, well, tell me uh, what pisses you off more than everything else. I could start bringing things up. Oh, no, I, I'm I'm honored to follow him. Actually, as long as I'm I'm off when uh, you get Evan and John off, I, I can talk shit about my bosses now. Well, so well see, that's the thing is you're wearing you're wearing the Pelicans hat that Evan is usually famous for wearing. I figured if he wasn't going to wear it, I I have to wear it. Right? Somebody had to represent. Somebody yeah, had to represent. So let me ask you. you 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 follow the minor leagues more than the major leagues as far as you know what you contribute to the Cubs blogosphere and podcastosphere, which isn't a word. But it, it, if in who do you see riding the Iowa shuttle and sticking? Yeah, I, th- I think that um, there's a lot of the pitchers. We're not. I mean, well, besides That's what PJ I mean, Higgins, I, I think it's only yeah. pitchers that I'm talking yeah, besides, about. Yeah, besides, I think PJ Higgins is a guy. That, I mean, 
I was I was hoping Higgins would make the opening day roster. That's it's not going to happen. Get- yeah, no. they went and got Wolters. We didn't even bring that up. I'm like, who? Why this guy? Isn't he the guy that got hit in the nuts? Yep, I, I think he was. Yeah, yeah I saw yeah, that was, on Twitter. Yeah, I was like, we got the nut hit guy. Oh, come on, people! <laughs> this is not how you start a season. Like, what yeah, the hell is? Uh, I, I think besides Higgins, though, it's probably like the pitchers, right? It, it's it's Tyson Miller. It's it's Corey Abbott. I think it's going to be riding that that uh, highway between Des Moines and, and Chicago quite a bit. And um, I mean, I think. Uh, I think people are hopeful for Braylon Marquez, but I, I don't. I don't think that Braylon's going to be really doing that this year. I mean, I think that they're going to be careful on a guy. I know he made it up to Chicago last year, and that's that was awesome. But I, well, I just I, him, I see yeah. him starting the year in Tennessee, and then and then kind of working his way up from there. But now, uh, guys like Tyson Miller and 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 uh, and Corey Abbott are the main guys for me, at least. Nick Gentry's asking about Horner. I mean, how surprised were you by that decision to? Have Nico? I mean, I mean, where, he's in Arizona right now, right? And then he just waits for Iowa. I think that he'll be at the he'll be at the alternate site in right. South Bend. And I don't know. I, I at first I was pissed about it because oh, I, I'm a huge. I, I think my my affinity to Nico is that when we started doing the podcast uh, a couple of years ago, he was just kind of the first guy that we had been talking about as a prospect on the podcast that had made it to Chicago and. Like left prospectum, you know what I mean. So he's he's kind of a guy that is like near and dear to our hearts on the podcast, on the prospect podcast. Um, I don't know. I, I think that for me, it's all about him getting consistent playing time. And I get that if David Bodie is your guy as a starter, which I, I don't know how much I agree with that. Um, if you agree with David Bodie being your starter, then Nico Horner that isn't his position, and he's not going to be in Chicago getting bench at bats. I just think that Nico Horner should be the starter in Chicago right now where David Bodie plays more of that rover position where he's playing some second, playing some third. He can get some some innings out in left field if he wants and getting almost full-time at-bats for David Bodie, but Nico Horner is your starter at second base. And, like, and, and yeah. This is what concerns me, Greg, is that we've talked we talked about it earlier with some of the other guests. You know, we got a, a very pitch-to-contact kind of team. And don't you want your best defense out there? And and we got excited during spring training seeing some of those double plays that Javi and Nico were turning. Well, I'll tell you, nobody was more surprised than the guy that puts up the banners at Wrigley Field because I went <laughs> down there and there's a banner of Nico Horner up up all, right now, like for the opening day, Cub, hashtag Cub Together. He's right next to Craig Kimbrell. I'm putting up the picture now for all the people listening on a podcast. But yeah, Nico Horner, his picture's up there. There's no David Bodie. Uh, uh, I, well, maybe there is. I don't know. I didn't really check. Uh, but there's, there's, <laughs> but there certainly is no. Uh, um, uh, uh, why am I drawing a blank on the, the Eric Sogard? Eric Sogard. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, the lollipop guild well, guy. That's why I was pissed at first. Was I, I thought that this was a move that oh, Eric Sogard is the starter now, and that I was I was not down for that. That was not something I was even willing to listen to an argument for that. Um, I get it if you're giving David Bodie a chance. I, I just think that I love David Bodie. I love David Bodie. I just think that he is more of a a bench bat that gets more at bats than a typical bench bat. You know what I mean? Like he's he's getting more at bats than a normal bench bat, but not quite starter level. Like in between there, um, I just two, think if, if two three hundred three hundred yeah I, mean, yeah, I, I just think that Nico is your starter and David Bodie can fill in a couple different positions. But um, I. And I think another thing that I was pissed off about was just you're sending them down to the alternate site. Now we know that that alternate site team is going to get a couple different um, games in, like exhibi- exhibition games in. 
But you're not sending him down for more consistent at-bats in a live game. You might get some some uh, at-bats throughout practice against some live pitching, but you're not getting game atmosphere type performances, you know? Was there anyone in spring training that you said, oh, this guy's kind of kind of interesting, somebody that, that could be on my radar and want to have on the growing Cubs pod soon? Yeah, well, we haven't had P.J. Higgins on. And, I mean, he, he's kind of been around for a while. He's been around a while. So it would be nice to get him on and, and get his perspective. I'm excited about uh, minor league spring training starting up this weekend. I mean, the guys are – the minor leaguers are – they've reported to Mesa. So they're there getting tested, and they'll be on the field this weekend. And I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm hoping that we get some sort of content from down there. I don't know what we're going to get. Can't count on Marquee for anything, so, like, we'll see about that. But I'm just hoping we get something <laughs> from the minor league players down in Mesa. There's some gambling shows you might be interested in, Marquee. They're on the- I, I love ACC women's basketball. Yeah, they got uh, that. A oh, replay. Yeah. yeah, no, they got all that for you, you know. I mean, so that's, let me- you know, go ahead, Dave. Well, I said I just want your win total. I'm I'm keeping track here. I I need a win total. I got everybody but Andy, so I, I'm gonna have to text her. Is it statistically possible for three teams to win 85 games in the NL Central? Because I Pro- think that's gonna probably. Happen. I mean, it, it's it. Yeah, yeah give me say. give me 85 for the Cubs so and three way tie. Weird t- Weird tiebreakers, uh, they're going to win the division. I don't know how the, all that works. but You know what's strange? Yeah. We've we've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people, nine nine now, and nobody's given the same win total. Somebody's got to come up, come out on top here. Yeah, and I, and I don't think anybody knows each other. Just people are – their win total is different than everybody that's else's. probably it's a bad sign for the Cubs. <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> we talked about this on the show before, though. We talked about this on the show that – this like in 2016, I literally bet twenty dollars on the Cubs. I never gamble on baseball or any other sport because I don't know, but I bet on that. I said this is the absolutely best team here. This team reminds me more of like 1989, where you need a couple young guys to surprise you, and you need a couple old guys to have a resurgent year, and you need a couple of the veterans to kind of play at a high level that they're used to playing to. So a lot of things had to kind of go. Right, and it can go any which direction this season. You tell me the Cubs can finish in fourth place or first place, and I'd say yes. Yeah. Okay. Could go I, any way. I, I think it's not only dependent on performances by players throughout the year and how, how the rosters stack up. I think it's also dependent on the trade deadline, too. Right? I mean, I think people on the show, uh, you've had on the show before me, have said it depends on the trade deadline. If they perform well and uh, stick with this current roster, they could win 90-plus games. But if they're they're struggling, they're hovering around like an 80 Two type win team, then the front office might say screw it and just start wheeling and dealing guys, and you might be looking at a seventy eight win team. You know what I mean? Like well, I just- wonder if they do that anyway. Like even if they are, you know, within striking distance, a game or two out of first place, even five games out, and you're think and you're looking down the schedule, you're like okay, the, the Cubs can make a move. I'm I mean, make a move in the division and and take the take the damn thing. And then they, and then they still trade a couple dudes and make some and get younger and look down the road. I, you know, we might be looking at that tough love. I, I think we could. And then we'll see a few more of your, uh, minor leaguers up at the major league level because that's who will be playing up there. Trent Giambroni. <laughs> Trent yeah. I, I, I like Trent Giambroni. I don't, he's, uh, he's a, he's a guy that we got a lot of, a lot of chances to watch play. He's, he's fun to watch play because he plays everywhere. Yeah. And he plays pretty decent, decent defense everywhere too. So, and he's got some pop. Um, I, he he is a guy that will be in Chicago if there's some trades at the deadline, just because yeah. he's already he's one he's one of the few bats that will be in Iowa that are like prospects as opposed to like quadruple A guys. Now, who's a guy that 
nobody's ever heard of that's watching this right now that that caught your eye that you can see within the next five years really making a splash or even three years let's say three years my answer at the beginning of this crazy long minor league offseason was always Cole Franklin. And I think recently, pretty recently, he's kind of caught on with a lot of Cubs, Cubs Twitter and national publications. You guys have had him on your, on yeah, your show. Yeah, I would say he came yeah. on off that. Yeah, and so I, I think that that can't be my answer anymore because people know about him more right. often now. Okay. Um, I, recently, I, my answer to that question has been Andy Weber, I think. I think not a whole lot of guys know Andy Weber. They know him a little bit more now that he's been – he was down in Arizona with big league camp. Um, but I think that he's not going to be a – I've described him kind of as a David Bodie type role, right? They don't do it the same way, but I kind of want to see Andy Weber. He's a guy that can play shortstop and play it well. I don't think he's a starter long-term, though, but I think he could carve out a nice role in Chicago for a lot of years and be a fan favorite, too. And we always like follow, following the fan favorites. So uh, Andy Weber is kind of my guy that I'm telling people to look out for because I think I'm also higher on him than, than a lot of a lot of other guys. That's fascinating. And and I'll if if you're wrong, I'm definitely going to remind you of that in the future. So well, don't worry yeah. about that, Greg. Greg I'm probably blowing know. up his head a little bit, but I'll I'll, I'll restrain myself. <laughs> hey, I, I know he always tunes into our show, especially he's, he's still <laughs> hanging around at our at our minute. No, we're at 152 now, so he's Greg, still you here. Know, the big story, obviously, was this Rizzo non-extension and, and, and the low ball offer. What do we have in the minors? To, we've talked about catcher, good shape. Shortstop, good shape. If you're telling me first baseman is next up in line is who? Who? Next up in line would probably be Alfonso Rivas, who we've seen in spring training. The Sunranto Show is brought to you by our fabulous 98 Patreon subscribers that pledge at least a dollar a month to us to keep this show on the air. Uh, some of you guys don't know this, but this ad-ridden version of the Sunranto show only pays us about a penny per download, so it takes a hundred people downloading the show to make a dollar. Um, that sucks, and it's not enough to keep this show on the air, so that's why we ask you to become a Patreon supporter, and you get stuff in return. You go to patreon.com slash sunranto, you sign up for a dollar a month, you can pay all at once, it's like ten bucks for the year. And uh, you get our RSS feed, which is for patrons only. And uh, in there, you can, well, you paste that into any podcatcher, you know, your, your Apple podcast or, or whatever you use, Stitcher. And what you do is you paste that in there and you never hear ads again. And you get the show early. As soon as I'm done, I post it. And because I don't have to do things like put extra ads in it to try to make a penny per download. So why don't you go to patreon.com slash sunranto and become a patron of the sunranto show and help us out before this year starts uh you get access to the preview episodes you get access to our show notes it's early and ad free you can get the music you can get a calendar uh and you'll be helping the lost boys uh because we give 10 percent of everything we make at uh patreon to the lost boys uh baseball program and uh down uh, south in chicago uh where we're helping kids play baseball so uh, if you would buy each one of us a beer, that's $3 a month. Just come on now. Help us out at the Sunranto show. We need your support. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Get it done. Back to the show. Um, he, he's weird, though, because, like, we got him in, a, in the Tony Kemp trade, right? And that was that seems like that was 12 years ago. 
the Tony Kemp trade. <laughs> Wait, t- Tony Kemp was on the Cubs? Wait, yeah, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so but I, I think by the trades that are property, we turned Dan Vogel back into Alfonso Rivas because he was a part of the Montgomery. I don't know. Long way of getting there. But Alfonso Rivas, he plays first base. Um, he's not like – I mean, I'm not comparing him to Anthony Rizzo. Like, that's not – that. I'm not doing that. But uh, he, he plays first base, and, and first base is a position that the Cubs just didn't draft for a good part of a decade. They just didn't draft first base. And combination of because you have Anthony Rizzo, that's one reason why you don't draft a first baseman. But also because the, the front office focused on these like up-the-middle athletes a little bit that weren't really that good. And and I I think they did that for a while, and they were like, oh well, now maybe we should start getting some first baseman. That's why you got guys like like Matt Mervis, who was signed as a as a non drafted free agent this year. He's a big big burly first baseman. That's what you like to see from your first baseman. These big guys. The guy the Cubs just got in the uh, uh, Darvish Junior trade is he's a big first baseman. Uh, the U Darvish trade too. There's a big guy. He plays outfield right now, potentially a first baseman. The red haired guy. What's his yeah, name? Canadian. Oh. Owen Casey, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, the K- yeah, Owen Casey, yep. the the red haired Canadian, yeah, I like yeah. that. Kid. Yeah, so hope, they're they're the Gingers. bigger guys now. Well, that, yeah, I mean, it's the thing about it is that they they kind of always stay. the The young guys are always twenty two, twenty three, twenty. You know, between twenty twenty five, they keep rolling through the system. So you're seeing these dudes kind of roll through every time, and not everybody's paying it attention to all this. So I appreciate the fact that you're looking at this day in, day out, and we can bring you on the show and listen to your podcast. We're like, what's going on with that guy? And you, and you yeah, see him. I'm, tagged I'm, just, in I'm your- so excited for minor league baseball, man. I am, I am, I mean, going a year without it, going a year without, I am just, I am so, so excited for some minor league baseball. And I mean, it's just been, it's felt like so long. It's felt like, and it has been, it's been 18 months since these guys have taken the field. So I've been Greg, talking to some of these guys. I'm Greg. like, hey, give me some lowdown on spring training. I promise you this, Greg. My mission is to get Marquis to show more minor league baseball. That is yeah. my that is going to be my mission, and I will not rest until Marquis relents, just like they did with the suit and ties. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hey, th- it's one of those things where, like, I since I've been covering the minor league system and and on Twitter and all, at Cubs Insider things like that. The major league team has been really fucking good for this like whole stretch of time. So the minor leagues haven't really mattered. And so um, as the major league team might go on the other end of things and, and get worse and uh, rely on some minor league prospects, it's fun to be able to know what's going on and, and be able to share with you guys and other people that, that, hey, these are guys to look out for when they make the major leagues. Well, I definitely appreciate it because I certainly don't have time to follow the Cubs and I'll follow all the crap you're following. I'm just like, oh, and Casey, just like, oh, he's got red hair. Let let me know when the new Matt Merton is up. I'm looking forward to it. Well, uh, Greg, thanks for coming on. Um, I'm going to bring on our next guest, uh, Jeremy. I think it's Deemer or Dimer. I can't, I, I know the I and the E that always confuses me where they go in the word and uh, how it's pronounced. So uh, from Wrigleyville Nation, it's Jeremy. Tell me. Deemer, you, you had yeah. it right the first time. Absolutely. Go, yeah, this, thanks for having me on, guys. This is as close as we could get to a Lizzie McNeil's outing uh, yeah, here on, yeah. uh, on this uh, but yeah, I'm, no, this is this is great. I'm way more sober than a Lizzie McNeil night. That I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you got to speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. You've got to you've got to save it up for tomorrow because tomorrow is such a big day. And uh, you know, so in fact, I'm looking at the time. I'm like, oh, I should try to get to bed. But honestly, I have this feeling of a kid at Christmas. You got opening day, one twenty. 
You know, I, I, I took off work tomorrow. I, I worked extra today, so I didn't have to do it tomorrow. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to the game, but we got, you know, the big Bleacher Bum band going at uh, G-Man Tavern. And I'm just super excited because not only is it the first Cubs game that people are allowed at, but it's the first gig I've played in over a year, too. So I'm like, yes, I get to rock tomorrow. I'm like, so I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm sweaty. I'm a little shaky tonight and, and excited. I don't know if I'll sleep is what I guess what I'm, I'm saying. I'm in the same boat, yep. Yeah, so um, – and uh, Jeremy, meet Greg. Greg, Jeremy. <laughs> so now you know each other. You're, you're, you're meeting at our virtual Lizzie McNeil's pre-game, pre-season party. <laughs> so, so, Greg, I'll let you go. Uh, we'll come out to the bleachers anytime. And uh, how's wedding planning going? I know one of the last times we talked to you, you had just gotten engaged. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, go thanks. Rap, yeah. We're, we're getting closer and closer. I mean, we're – we're waiting until next year. Wait until COVID's COVID's done, and and don't have to worry about that anymore. But that, yeah, thanks for asking. Appreciate it. And if you need a band, Danny knows one. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure your wife won't mind if the Bleacher Bubs play it, right? I, I'm sure she'd love it. We got we got 45 minutes of the best cause music that we can play three times in a row, and there's your three hours. That's what I want. But Grant, we'll your see. grandma will love it. Trust me, grandmas love me. They really do. We'll have you on my podcast sometime this season, too. We'll talk uh, prospects. Oh, yeah. Love you got to talk it. to this guy. Anytime. Absolutely. Later, Greg. <laughs> Jeremy, now we don't know each other either. I'm meeting people on this show, too. I mean, I'm sure we've been in the room and we've probably like spoken two or three words to each other at some point. I know we did at Lizzie McNeil's, I believe. 100%. Yep. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yep. Usually, Danny cuts out a little bit early because you got the unconventional. I'm I sad. got all sorts of shit to do, yeah, yeah, that weekend. Like, even tomorrow, like, everybody's like, yeah, it's a big day, I'm going to get drunk and sit in the stands, and I'm like, I'm going to load gear into G-Man Tavern right. and set up the <laughs> the shit and make sure that there's, like, that the drunk guy's not harassing the door person. So, that's my time. Why don't you just use my name, Danny? <laughs> yeah, that Crawley's not harassing the door person, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> so, Jeremy, before I forget, because I'm in that forgetful part of the show, um, can I get your Cubs win total on the year? Absolutely. First, I want to say, you know, at the two-hour mark of this telethon, uh, how much have we raised for Anthony Rizzo's contract extension? <laughs> Where are we on the board? I don't know. We actually did get a Patreon supporter, and, it, and they, <laughs> they came in for the year at $10.80. So there we go. We've there got, we go. But I think it's ten eighty. Is is the And that's 10.80, not... One, so, not even a thousand. Yeah, we're not up. To, we're we're not up to even twenty dollars. We we've got we've got a ways to go, but uh, hopefully the Cubs will come through and pick up the rest of it uh, here in the next uh, week or so. Um, my Cubs win total, looking at this year, um, it I'm um, eighty four is is what I gave on on our prediction episode, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the eighty four. Totally could win the division. There's, uh, it could finish third in the division. Um, nobody's finishing behind the Reds and the Pirates, who are just absolutely Pirates are borderline a major league team, and and, and I think the Reds are going to be deceptively worse than people think they're going to be. And so I, I think that uh, that's 84 is is possible, but. Really, depending on where they are at the trade deadline, are they unloading this this team? Are they are they going to start to dismantle it? Uh, that's 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 going to be the really telling part. And, well, and at, once yeah. again, that's a new number. You can see it right there. Eighty four. By the way, this is like how I figure out my bills. The, the rest of its bills. <laughs> this is uh, uh, 
I got you, Jeremy, at 84, Greg at 85. I got Dom at uh, 86, Evan at 90, John at the highest, 95. John Strong came, coming in strong. Like I like I like the enthusiasm. I like oh, it. That's a lot of enthusiasm. That's a little too much, in fact. <laughs> um, uh, Joe at 88, um, Sarah at 70 or 90, which that's got – I like that one, which puts her at the same as Evan at the high end. Cerami at 92 and Luis at 83. He's the lowest. He's the most pessimistic person. And he's also the smartest person we've talked to tonight. So maybe, <laughs> like, <laughs> Luis is on to something. I'd hate I, to I said 84. 84 is where I was at. Same thing. And like same I said, we could win the division plus minus two, any one of those teams. If you, like I said, it could be the Reds with 85. It could be the Cardinals with 83. They're all going to be bunched, just like it was last year. Same yeah, thing. And, and when you look at it, it's the Cubs have to come out to a hot start uh, to keep the dismantling of the team off the table. To keep that as not a conversation starter, they need to come out hot. And you, the, the Cubs play the Brewers so many times at the beginning of this season. The that, Pirates even. Uh, it, and the Pirates. Too. Yeah, yeah they got the Brewers a ton and they got the Pirates a ton right at the beginning. So you'll know right away where you have the potential to dig yourself a hole that, that you're uh, going to have a real tough time getting out of. Or you can set yourself up to where uh, you don't have to see the Brewers again until September. Uh, so there, there's a lot of a uh, lot of possibility there. Got to come out to a hot start, that's, and that will really tell tell the tell the story. That's what has me anxious, Jeremy, and that's why I don't like Nico Horner not being on the team because we need his defense with this contact heavy rotation. And the other thing that has me nervous as shit is Craig Kimbrell. You blow three or four saves out of the gate, Jesus Christ! I mean. You don't have that luxury like you're talking about. Time, you, you have to have a little bit of a lead to make, to force Jed's hand to keep with what stood to stand pat. 100%. I mean, last year, who's your Jeremy Jeffress this year in that bullpen that could bail you out? I mean, I and, thought it might be like somebody like a Brad Wick, but he didn't make the team. And I mean, here's the, I'll put up the bullpen right here. Um, you got Kimbrell. We were just talking about Chafin, uh, Workman, who we didn't really, we don't really know much about. Um, Jason Adam, Ryan Tapera. Adam's R- the only one with options. So as people come up, he's the only one that could go back down. Yeah, because brothers, yeah, he's been around forever. And Dylan Maples, the only reason he's on this team is because he doesn't have yep. have options. If he screws up in April, like he's probably just gone. Uh, and then uh, Dan Winkler and, and Alec Mills is your long man. So. Yeah, I don't know out of this who Adam, maybe Chafin, if there's a bunch of lefties up. I mean, it's really hard to tell. And um, do you think that they would add to this team, like go out and get somebody? Or do you think they're going to stick with this, and if it doesn't work, they're going to dismantle it? Yeah, I mean, really, they're going to be looking for any opportunity to – dismantle this team to if uh they're looking for they're looking for to get something they the worst case scenario from a front office perspective is uh you finish in second and Baez or Bryant or Rizzo or some combination of the three walk and you got nothing for them in a year where uh you didn't resign and you didn't get to trade. So that's a real uh, possibility that they're going to be looking for, Hey, we want to get something back. Look, I mean, look at the Darvish situation. They just wanted something back and, and to, to get out of that contract. So 
looking at at this team, there's a lot of guys that are going to field phone calls. I think Jock Peterson is one of the guys that's going to have a great year. And he's in a contract year here where they're going to get phone calls on him at the trade deadline. There's going to be a, that's a, if he's crushing as a lefty here, this is, uh, the, this is going to be pretty attractive. If the Cubs are middling, they're going to look to, to move a guy like that and get some pieces. And any of them. Any, any of them. the guys are. It, Bryant, uh, it, you just go down the list of everybody in their one-year contract. I mean, I don't even, Arietta even. Zach Davies. I yeah, mean, yeah. I just get annoyed at this whole, ma- you know, Chicago is a major market team talking about, you know, taking it down to the freaking, uh, you know, to the studs. I'm just nervous. I just, I hate this right now that we're even thinking about this right before opening day. Yeah, this is, uh, it, it's, the good news is we don't have to think about it until, if the Cubs are winning. If the Cubs are winning, then we're thinking about where could where are they going to add pieces? Who 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 can we get for the ball? Would they though? With all these expiring <laughs> contracts, are they going to take on like Kimbrel? They had to give him years for that. I mean, that was a very specific situation. He was holding out and all that stuff. But would they go out and trade anybody from their minor leagues, a Braylon Marquez, to you know bring somebody in that could help them temporarily? When they are just trying to win the central, when they got these power, I don't know if they would do it. I, I and I don't think so. I, I think it's you know the the philosophy of the front office has been the entire time of uh, the getting to the playoffs is the lottery ticket. So if you can get to the playoffs every year, you've got a shot at it because baseball's weird and and thing and, and the playoffs are completely different than the regular season. So just get to the playoffs. Give yourself a shot. And I think that if they're close and they're picking around the edges, maybe they would add something, uh, but it would be something small. They're not going to do something that would give it up. I Ryan like Robert Robert says, no way Cubs are adding anything. I'm sure that's how Ricketts greets Jed every time he sees him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jed. No. <laughs> Jeremy, do us a favor. What's the give budget listeners, If you could do me a favor, Jeremy, and, and, and tell, us, tell our listeners about your podcast and what you guys do. Sure. Uh, WrigleyvilleNation.com is uh, the website that brings you the podcast every single week. Uh, we, we've been, I think us and you guys are now the longest running. Yeah, because Ivy Envy bit the dust. Because, oh, yes, as we said goodbye to our friends, Corey and the boys, uh, this, uh, Corey, this bumps Andy, us all up. Kurt. <laughs> this bumps us all up on the 10-year chart. Uh, I know we started in November of, of 2013. So, uh, God, where, we, I don't even remember where we started. It was, like, it was somewhere, <laughs> I want to say we started in maybe March of 2013. So we might be like... So it's right there. We yeah. might be white trash <laughs> twins. I don't know. Are you still allowed to say that? I mean, back in the day, we said that. But yeah, so, uh, so we, so we, yeah, we are our, our podcast. Uh, myself and my cousin, he lives in the neighborhood. Uh, uh, my cousin Pat, we do the show every week, and we bring on guests who are smarter, more knowledgeable than we are, to teach us things. Uh, that explains the, why we've never been on your show, correct? That, <laughs> <laughs> that's the main reason we started the show was because I had questions for people who are writing great blogs. And so bring them on the show. I can ask follow-up questions. We can all learn together. And so that's what we do on that show. And then we also not only talk about Cubs, but we try to talk about some of the neighborhood happenings that are going on as well, uh, because my cousin lives a couple blocks from the ballpark. So, uh, you know, the 
the what's uh, what's a great place in the neighborhood, where do we recommend things, and 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 some other uh, uh, happenings. We, re- we we view those as well. So well, well we appreciate a, you coming on, and, and you know what? Think about coming to G Man tomorrow. I think there's still tickets, and go see the Bleacher Bum Band. That's happening in Wrigleyville tomorrow. That is, and and uh, I'm I'm so excited that you're getting back out there to play live music. I know how important that is to you, Danny. So that's uh, that's absolutely exciting. And, it's uh, it's weird. It feels weird. It, you know, I'm just like <laughs> I'm just gonna spit on people. It's gonna be incredible. I'm just gonna be like you know screaming rock and roll in people's face. It's I cannot wait to do it again. Speaking about them. screaming rock and roll in people's faces, our next guest has a brand new podcast himself. You want to talk about redheads? There ain't no more original redhead than Joe Kilgallen. <laughs> What's up, Crawley Rocket? How you doing, Jeremy? And if I could, I got a funny little story for you, Danny. You mentioned Matt Merton, Matt the Bat Merton for certain. I once lied to a bunch of uh, women in the bleachers saying I was Matt Merton's brother. They all believed it and were buying me drinks in the hopes that I would introduce them to Matt afterwards. <laughs> Which is well funny because he's from Georgia, and I saw and I saw this. It's like I didn't do an accent; I just was me. So it was a good time. I, I miss that guy. He didn't know he was from Georgia, though. You could have you could have pulled that off either way. Just like you look enough like him that like a bunch of drunk girls would absolutely. I believed you right there. I was well, like, I got lucky because he threw me a ball when I was in left field. He just happened to throw it and it went right to me. And so these, you know, my buddy told the I didn't lie to them. He initiated the lie, saying, "Oh, this is Matt's brother," and I'm like, "Shut up, dude." I don't want. Come on, man. Play it cool. With it, it's you must have taken an improv class. You're like, yes, and I've taken a few. <laughs> there it is. For those that don't know, Joe Killigallon just came on the show, and Crawley brought him on. And uh, well, but I think we should say goodbye to Jeremy because I did promise him that we it would only be 15 minutes. He's been sitting backstage for a half hour. <laughs> then we finally bring him on. And uh, we got we got your win total. We got your plug in. We got your cool hockey sticks in the background. We have to ask you about those next time. Yeah, but, we'll do that um, over a beer at the G Man for sure. Hell yeah, <laughs> man! And I can't wait till we get. We have to have a big like ranter round table situation in a giant socially not socially distanced pod out in the bleachers. We're gonna we're gonna have to call the Cubs and be like, we need a pod of seventy, and then we're gonna no sixty nine. Sorry, we need a pod of sixty nine. <laughs> And and we're just gonna go out in the bleachers and, and we're just gonna just tear it up. I'm telling you, we'll be spitting on each other. It's gonna be incredible. But um, looking forward to it, Danny. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for, for coming on, on, Jeremy. And uh, everybody should listen to Wrigleyville Nation because Jeremy's got a very soothing voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it was, it, are you not soothed by Jeremy's voice? <laughs> I somebody, like it. I was listening. Yeah, somebody said in the chat, like, did you hear? Uh, Kyle says, did Jeremy apply for the PA announcer job? Has the voice for it. I I submitted a demo and and I put, I sent it out there. I did not hear anything back. So if uh, anyone's well, got any pull, see what you can do. Give me a, give me an audition. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't get a call. Yeah, it's coming. I guarantee you, it's coming. <laughs> Jeremy, thank you so much, right, and have a great season and uh, enjoy your eighty four wins because that'll be somewhat enjoyable. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you guys. Joe Kilgallen, um, do you mind if we bring on our final guest with you and just like end this whole thing in a giant shit show melee orgy of Cubs do it. personalities? I'm bringing on Stuart McVicker from Club 400 and Sweet William, Sir also William. of the Club Sir William of the Club 400 podcast. It's funny I called you Sweet William. I used to live upstairs from a florist called Sweet William. 
Interesting. Which is why I called you that. So uh -huh. mm -hmm. this is this is going to be the first time tomorrow that I see Stuart McVicker in person since his birthday Labor Day weekend. That's right. Way too long, my friend. Yeah, it's been too long for all of us, and and it's been too long since we've been at like G Man Tavern because we this roundtable situation. Like Stuart, you've been in that room. William, you've been in that room. Joe, you were up on that stage. I had Crawley on the stage. Like all of us hanging out, all of us talking, kind of like we did for the last few hours tonight. It's the thing that I've really missed about being a Cubs fan. I know Stuart, you built that giant basement, invited. Hundreds of people to your house at this point. Thousands of people have walked through your basement, you know, and you're oh, got your home open. You know that is kind of what it is to be a Cub fan, and like I, right now, like the sense of community that I feel after like kind of running through all the outfits. Not even all of them. Like we missed like half of them of the podcasts because there's 400 Cubs podcasts right now. But I mean, I just I just can't wait to be all be together again. And and you know, Joe, you got a Cubs podcast. Uh, Stewart's got a Cubs podcast. Everybody's got different perspectives. Everybody's smart about the team. Everybody likes arguing and talking about. It, but we all support each other, and we're not like nobody's trying to big time each other or like you know elbow each other out of the way. We're just doing it together, and that's what I love about this uh, this fan base. So thanks for being here tonight. What I like about this particular group, though, is, is well, Sir William's kind of Minnesota-ish, but they're longtime Chicago baseball fans. And so here's the thing for, uh, you know, guys, you guys remember this as much as I do. 1997, the White Sox are trailing the Cleveland Indians by three games on July 31st and the famous white flag trade. The White Sox trade away three of their best players for minor leaguers to restock. Do we potentially see a Chicago Cubs white flag trade on July 31st? What do you think, Joe? I don't think so, and at least I'm being optimistic about it because there's so much of the Cubs' revenue ties into marquee needing TV ratings, and the Cubs, yeah, they sell tickets regardless, but I do think that's going to shift. I mean, Danny, you were talking about it recently saying, like, you know, paid attendance versus who actually shows up, and they lose concessions and all that kind of stuff. And the the White Sox, I don't know what was going on with that 97 trade. I, I really wish Reinsdorf was more hated in this city. Like, he got lucky with Michael <laughs> Jordan. Um, he caused the 94 strike. Every Sox fan you'll ever talk to is like, we would have won it all in 94. I'm like, well, blame your owner because he, he was a big reason that strike went down. Um, so, no, I don't think a white flag trade would happen. I think I think they did need to reset revenue. No, they didn't need to. They didn't. Let's be honest. But – I don't think their resetting of revenue was a long-term thing. And if it is, then really they do need to sell the team because it's the stupidest business decisions I've ever seen. You launch a new network that half the city is pissed off they can't get, and you're going to trade away all these fan favorites? It's it's pretty dumb. Yeah. How, how, uh, let me ask you, William. Were you dis How disappointed were you that the Cubs couldn't get uh, any of the extensions done, especially with like Rizzo is the most recent news? It's disappointing, but I still think it's going to happen. I think it's just a matter of time. And you know what? Today is the day before the season starts. This is when we're supposed to be the most optimistic. There's way too much goddamn pessimism on this show, man. We're going to win 99. Write it down 99. 99. 99 wins. Nine times. This is how negative it got, sir.
we got Dom Frederick being Yeah, we got we got the director of morale on here being like, the Cubs are screwing everything up. I'm like, this is why I started the Sun Ranto show to turn the most <laughs> positive Cub fan into a cynical bastard. And I just I mean, I could pitch myself I'm so happy. Right. <laughs> exactly. How about, how about, how about you, Stuart? Uh, uh, how are you feeling going into this season? You know, you got a lot of cross currents of, of Cub fan energy going. There was a big fight on Twitter the other day, you know, between people. Dude. And now we're here on the eve. Like, where are you at? I want to know how many hours, how many hours you're going to get to sleep tonight, Crawley? Cause I don't see you get many. This is like Christmas. Dude. You're the type of kid, I bet you, that woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning, got their parents out of bed so you can open presents and you're done by 7 o'clock in the morning and then when you went back to bed, right? Right. I'm going to be like, I literally, every year I say I'm going to get to bed early and then I just toss and turn and then I start thinking, is Craig Kimball hustling here? I start getting all nervous. I'm like, what time am I going to get there? Where am I going to go first? Like, I can't even like think. I just got too many neurons shooting all sorts of places right now. So, Stuart, where are you? Uh, just so I have it on record here, the only one I don't have of everybody is Andy from Cup of Cubby Blue. Where are you at in win total for the Chicago Cubs? And I, and I don't have Joe's I'm not either. Optimistic as William. I'm going to be trying to be. I was going to say 86, 87, but I think those were chosen. I'm going to go 89 wins. 89 wins. Anybody? Well, I'll tell you, I don't think 86 or 87 was taken, to be honest. Um, 87. Neither, neither was 89. 87. Well, 89. That's right. 99. Yeah, eight, 90, <laughs> now, you're the most po- positive. Uh, we had Cerami at 92, but he also had some caveats to that. Um, John Strong came in strong at 95, but, I mean, but William, like, you're ending the show on, like, a real high note. Right. Unless Joe can give me a hundred, <laughs> no, I can't go a hundred, and I'm usually very positive, like William. So I'm loving his attitude. I've got 90, and they win the division. Um, and I do want to remind you of something, Danny, because you made it seem like a trade would be impossible, like a trade to improve the team, because you you went right for Marquez. We forget like the two best trades of the last five years at the deadline were Cole Hamels and Nick Castellanos, and we didn't really give up much for either of those guys. So I don't really, you don't necessarily need to give up top prospects to make a splash at the deadline. I could see them giving up a couple mid-level guys, maybe like a Cole Roeder or um, Chase Stump, I think his name is. Someone like in that Stump, range. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, uh, he's a first-rounder. I, you know, I don't know how high they are on him. but he He's is ranked first- like number nine or ten, I think. Yeah, it, it. but you think they would go for it if they had it just to win the – because here's the thing. Everybody looks at the East and the Mets really, you know, piled it on. And then uh, you, you look at the West and they've got a couple powerhouse teams. And that's what I'm wondering. Are they just looking at the division and they can – I mean, how many times are they, they just going to tell the fans, we've made the playoffs six out of the last seven years and so keep paying $100 a seat on a Wednesday? You know, like how much more are they going to get away with that we made the playoffs thing? You know, this ain't 1945 anymore. Paying that, I, I, <laughs> well, as long as they can. Yeah, <laughs> I want the playoffs every year. You got to go to the dance if you want to get laid, right? Boy. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You can always call somebody to come over. That <laughs> 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 was you, right, Danny? <laughs> Netflix and chill. Open day tradition uh, happened this evening. Just to let you know. Speaking of what Joe was talking about, you know. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> you gotta open somehow. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I, I knew we'd get off the rails. Part of the deal, like, part of the deal. opening day sucks. I mean, you gotta have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do it. It's for good luck. That's what you tell them every year, right? Exactly, Joe. Real quick, buddy. I got a Matt Merton story for you. Uh, 
I was probably, I don't know, it was a long time ago. We were in St. Louis, and uh, with the Central Station, we were staying there at the hotel, and uh, if you guys know that place, uh, it had a Hooters in there. Um, it was like a little mall, and so we went in there, and uh, I was with a couple of my buddies. It was after the game. You know, we were a bit hammered or whatever, and we walk in. We see Matt Merton sitting all by himself at a table. And uh, we're like, holy shit, that's Matt Burton. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck he got there? He had, like, this big fucking jug of milk. And right next to him, like, chicken wings. I'm like, who the hell drinks milk and eats chicken wings? So, like, we, we get seated. I get seated almost, like, across from him. And I see this guy just eating chicken wings and drinking milk. He went through three big pints of milk while he was eating chicken wings. And then after that, he had a big ice cream. And I was like... He, after he left, I said, dude, did that guy just drink like three or four milks, a bunch of wings, and ice cream? And he's like, he sure did. I go, I hope he's not fucking starting tomorrow. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, big bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is, is that what your mom used to feed you, Joe? I don't know. No, but what I do know is that he's a, a church-going fella, so I don't think he was a drinker or anything like that. So the milk makes sense. Yeah, yeah but, but even so, like, get a water. Like, who drinks well, milk, milk out? Like, that's... You know, it's mean? supposed to be good with really hot wings. Which yeah, doesn't right. have. You don't know that. All right. No, that makes some sense. Yeah. I, mean, true. I, I usually just eat cheese. Yeah. Hey, I want to do a little ass kissing real quick. We uh, went up to Minnesota uh, for the weekend, and, uh, you know, I had Lisa's attention. I had Lauren's attention in the car. I said, hey, we're going to play Danny Rockets out from start to finish. We ripped through all nine tracks, and I was like, holy shit, Danny really thought about this when he put this album together. Like, the, the way you. You put your songs in the order. I noticed you put one out closer to a beer on song number eight. There's only nine tracks on the album, nine innings. Obviously, there's a lot of thought that went into the album, not just the songs, but I thought the album really flowed. Uh, I give it a nine out of ten, and like I would only give like ten to uh, Pearl Jam's first album, obviously. So, uh, no, dude, great album. I mean, I thought. Something that I will play on my way to Wrigley Field this year, you know, and I will. I'm going to jam that sucker going down there. And uh, thanks a lot for adding that into, uh, you know, a, you know. There's not a lot of great Cub songs out there. You just put nine bangers out. So appreciate it, buddy. Here's a so are, are you are you saying I'll be up for Grammy for best uh, track order on an on an album this year, possibly? Because <laughs> I'd be. I've always said when I first heard the song coming back to Wrigley with the electric guitar, with Jeff's solo on that and stuff like that, I'm like, they need to run out. You know how Wrigley always sits at the top step of the dugout and then they, they all come running on the field. Like, I, just, I don't know why. The first time I heard that, I just saw Rizzo running onto the field today. Coming back. You know, just like, it, it, it's like, what do I always tell you who it sounds like? The, uh, what's the Boston band from Irish Boston band? Dropkick Murphys? Dropkick yeah. Murphys. It's very Dropkick Murphy-esque. When I hear that, it gets me so fired up for the Cubs games. Hey, I, I should do this off air, but Carly, I might not talk to you, but hold that ticket to the show tomorrow because, unfortunately, my brother who had a really good ticket to opening day hurt his back. He's not going to be able to attend. So I'm coming down there by myself, which now I can stay out a little bit later. So now we can really party. Yeah, okay. uh, and, and for those that are watching that don't know, uh, the Bleacher Bum Band is playing at G-Man Tavern uh, at Right after the game, which would probably be about five o'clock, I'd say, because they got that new stupid extra inning rule that they're going to employ all year. Uh, so it, it, it'll probably be over by five o'clock. I mean, actually, it might be even sooner because I was thinking it's going to be really cold tomorrow. Like we could be seeing like a two to one, one to nothing. It's it's Hendo. 
So that this game could be two hours long, and we could bleacher bumps could be like you might be like a beer and a half in, and you're like, "What? It's the seventh? <laughs> it's the last call? What the hell?" Crawley's you know? gonna puke. There it is. <laughs> well, Crawley be Crawley's is gonna start drinking now, or he already did start drinking, and uh, it should be going till sometime around uh, what would you say nine tomorrow when he ends up passing out on somebody's floor. Uh, yeah, that's yet to be determined where it'll be, but um, maybe I'll find my cooler bag from last year. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it was, it was not me. I did not carry that bag. So, Joe, I got to ask you because uh, this kind of I want everybody to plug their shit. So, uh, you're a stand-up comedian, and I've recently become a Patreon supporter of yours. And I just saw on my Facebook that, or on my email, that you became a Patreon supporter of the Sun Ranto Show. So, thank you very much. Now we're just passing three dollars back and forth, and uh, and uh, <laughs> Patreon getting rich. Yeah, exactly. Well, I wanted to be. I wanted to be number 100 for you. I even texted you going, I see you're at 98. When I see 99, I'm going to hit number 100. And then I looked today and it was at 101. And I'm like, shit. All right. Well, I still got to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I have to say- each other's tires. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and that's how that's how we do it. That's where we're on the show together. But uh, can you tell me, because you're very funny, you put out a lot of stuff on your Patreon it, with the videos and stuff. So if you want to join another Patreon, join Joe's. Um, it's great. Um, so tell me about how, like, you're a comedian, but you're also, like, a Cubs fan. you got a Cubs podcast. Like, tell everybody about it because um, people listening should know. Yeah, I have two podcasts, the Joe Kilgallen podcast, where – I just talk to most of the other comedians and people from different walks of life, but I can talk about whatever I want. And then the Cubs podcast, I'm a contributor on Cubbies on Tap, which we do like a panel thing, which is a lot of fun. Uh, so I definitely recommend Cubbies on Tap, everybody, or Cubs on Tap, I should say. And uh, I started this new one called uh, True Blue Cubs, where it's going to be an interview podcast. So I'd love to have you, any one of you guys on. I kicked off the first episode today with, with the Dom. And, um, I basically want to kind of talk, you know, we'll recap a little bit what's going on, but it's going to be a lot about like in depth of, you know, your favorite memory as a, you know, from being a Cubs fan growing up and, you know, like your favorite moment at Wrigley. And, you know, I've got a few being at games. I almost fought someone once. They backed away. I look cool in front of a lot of strangers. Matt Mern's brother situation. You know, it's, I'm kind of like trying to like interview, get inside the head of a Cubs fan and why it is different here as, uh, Dom has coined that phrase now, I guess. Um, a lot of people have said that, Dom. I love you, but I feel like other people have said that. Um, I mean, it, isn't that Apple's thing from the 80s? Like, think different. Like, it, it's different. It's all different. We're different. Let's be different. I'm, I'm yeah, just basically, saying, but he is right. It is. There is something about Wrigley. I mean, who famous? Was it Mark Grace who famously said that every player should play one season at Wrigley before their career is over with? Because I think it was Eric, Eric Karros. Eric Karros, myself. Oh, yeah, he famously documented his 03 run um but yeah it's gonna be a little bit of that i want to like and, and to to sir williams credit here i want to kind of pump people up a little bit um i i love cubs fans who are positive and stuff like that but also accountable and i think you know that's why you guys have such a cool podcast i feel like crawley's super positive but then he holds the team accountable danny you like to kind of like you said bring people I like into people the negativity. Yeah, I, I, I want everybody to fight is all yeah, i want yeah, exactly. that's why i want a melee in my face and just like you know, people getting kicked. Like I just, I, I like a good Donnie Brook. It is fun. It is fun. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. Just uh, talk all things Cubs. And uh, as far as my stand-up comedy goes, I've got three albums out. They're all on Spotify and Apple and um, 
all the clips and I think two full videos are on two full hours are on YouTube. It's just youtube.com slash my name, Joe Kilgallen and the Patreon's the same thing. And, uh, you did, the, the, you did the Rizzo uh, thing, right? That's I mean, right. Yeah. I've been able, I've been very lucky that I've been able to, um, and sorry, I'm gabbing a lot here, but I've been very lucky that no, I'm asking you questions. You're supposed to gab after I ask you stuff. I know. I just feel weird that people, three other people are staring at me like, well, okay. Hey, um, really interesting. <laughs> Look at this guy suck his own dick. This is incredible. Hey, right? <laughs> Not to interrupt, but like, Hey man, there's no reason why we can't have you come out here and you'd be a part of an event one time. I'm, I, I would love to, man. I've seen yeah. pictures and videos. Of the Cubs Christmas caroling and all the other fun stuff. The whole time I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, man, I need to get this guy out to Club 400. But go ahead, finish up, Joe. Well, that'd be an honor. So I've been fortunate enough where I've been able to kind of combine my comedy with my love of the Cubs because everyone in comedy knows I love the Cubs. So when Anthony Rizzo's had his laugh off for charity event, I've been able to, I performed on it in 2018. He didn't have it in 2019 because he was on his honeymoon. And then 2020 was one of my last fun gigs before, you know, everything shut down because of COVID. I hosted the event. And interesting, we're talking about Rizzo's contract. They kind of told us because, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of craziness to that 2020 offseason. They said, hey, don't mention, because they wanted the, us to roast people a little bit. But they said, don't mention, you know, the rickets or spending money or the budget or, you know, whatever. And yeah. I'm like, all right, fine. They then, Part of the hosting, I have to introduce this video in which they show what the Rizzo Foundation does. At the end of this five-minute video, there's not a dry eye in the house. What that man and what that foundation does is just unbelievable. He is such a great human being. I remember talking to his parents afterwards going, damn it, you raised a good one. Like, if I have two sons, four and almost two, and if they could be anything like him, I would have done a great job like you did. It, it was just really inspiring stuff. So I then have to start the bidding, or not bidding, like the auction, like, hey, who wants to donate this much money and all that? But before I did, I said, look, I might get in trouble for this, but I don't care. They should give this man $300 million because he will spend it better than anyone else would in the world because he'd probably give away $280 million of it. I mean, Rizzo donated $5 million to Lurie's Children's Hospital in a season in which he only made eight. So, I mean, I know he raised a lot of it, but that's still really saying something. And um, and I was like, I don't care. I'm going to say this anyway. And then I made fun of Ben Zobris' wife, and I got away with that too. So it was, it was a fun <laughs> event. <laughs> that's that's low-hanging fruit there, making fun of her. Um, I think that caused the divorce, Joe. Yeah, exactly. Was, this was post-divorce. I yeah, made fun oh. of uh, how he still came out to the intro song, and people were like, yeah, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> you know, were like, well, I, well, this is a true story, and, and Stu was the and one we love on ben. stage. Stu was the one on stage. Stu had Ben Zobrist out there, and nobody knew anything had happened yet. And yeah, I kind of knew something was going on. So I booked Ben Zobrist to come out here. And I was getting, I, you know, I don't ever deal with the player direct. I deal with his people in front of him, which are always a pain in the ass, to be honest with you. <laughs> They're all the no people, the ones that, you know, are going to, yeah, going to make it rough on you. But, um, I knew something was going on. In fact, I was worried that I was going to have to cancel that event. I just something didn't seem right. We weren't getting answers in a timely manner, and it just seemed like there's just something. Some, I could read the other side. I'm pretty good at reading people, and I just knew something was wrong. I didn't know what it was, but go ahead, Crowley, because I think oh. you had. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish it up. Well, no. So uh, he, he got here and everything, and I'm going to tell you something. Um, I've had a couple of photographers that I've hired here, that you know, and they work with the players closely. With and um, so Laura was here that night, and Laura told me flat out, probably one of the nicest dudes she's ever met in her entire life. You know, at that time, nobody knew what was going on, but uh, 
when we um, earlier in the night, well, he, we did pictures and all that stuff, and then we brought uh, Ben up to the stage and we put on you know the the Benny song, and he mouthed, "Turn that shit." He said, no, he said, "Turn that fucking shit off." <laughs> and we're like, "Holy!" And Gary's the sound guy, and he he, he thinks he's just playing the normal walk up music, and he's like, oh. "So I mean, <laughs> think about it is just such a class act." Like, dude, I can. Ne- Ben Zobris is one of the nicest, classiest guys you ever met. So I walked up to the car, and, like, he, he kind of forgot to say bye to me. I'm like, hey, hey. And he's, oh, he's like, oh, my God. But, like, I could tell, like, as soon as he got in that car, like, he was already on the phone before he got in that car practically, you know. And um, and then, you know, he played three more games. I think maybe he, he was starting the next day because he told me he was, and that was one of the reasons we wanted to get the hell out of here. Um and he played, I think, two more games after that, and then that was it. And and, and the thing about it that I, that I just clearly remember is that was an event for a fallen officer, for the, a family of a fallen off police officer. And, uh, you know, you, you no one would have, you know, really gotten that. I mean, I don't want to say it wouldn't, but understanding it, he canceled. But the time that he gave that family and their friends, uh, that was just really intense. And it, 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 there's been a couple other times that I've – seen Zobris just go out of his way to be good at fans. You remember in the World Series, he got in trouble. I forget, what, was it Fanatics that he was signed with? Because he was giving away autographs at his yeah. house. By really. Yeah, the guys, I, you know what? I'm hoping to get him back one day in, in a smaller party, you know, like with 60, 75 people. Those are the good ones. <laughs> I, I want to get to know that guy a little better. I, he seems like an unbelievable guy. And I uh, haven't heard much about him really since, you know, but you know, hopefully he's doing well. I think he yeah, showed up spring training for a minute, right? Yeah, he did. Was was that last year? Or the year or was that this year or last year? Maybe last year. I kind of thought it Stu, might have been twenty twenty before everything shut down. Stu, you might need to have a fundraiser to get Crawley some good internet. Yeah, I was getting. <laughs> I'm, I'm texting Crawley as we speak. I'm like, dude, you're breaking up. You're you're blurry. Like, it, I don't know. Maybe it'll work out eventually. But you guys are clear as a bell. I, it, sometimes it's hard to tell. Um, but I do want to talk about plug the Ethernet into the computer. There you go. Exactly. It, yeah, you have to. You have to have your um, your urethra plugged into the computer. It's, Is that uh, what you said? Twenty twenty one, Crowley. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Just pay for the good cable internet. Like you got. You got to get the the gig. Um, so let me talk about the Club Four Hundred. Uh, well. Club 400 and the Club 400 podcast because they're kind of connected. Stuart, if people that don't know, most everybody that's still watching, they know that Stuart built an amazing award-winning uh, fan cave down in his basement. He invites everybody over all the time. He has giant parties, has the Cubs over and playing uh, and um, and being interviewed, and everybody has a great time, gets drunk. Like Carl Edwards Jr. is like, you know, doing the worm on his basement floor is like kind of how that works out. But you do it all for charity, and then you have this Club 400 podcast in which it's kind of an interview show, and tell me how that kind of came about. Like, why did you want to, like, expand into a podcast, and is it just because you had access to players, and you're like, we should record this? Uh, no, actually, I never thought, you know, everything that's happened with Club 400 has evolved into what it is, so, like, I did not know, you know, Right now, we, we have raised over $500,000 given away to Cub fans. I would have never guessed that. When we, when I built this basement, it was never supposed to be for charity. 
But then, you know, I meet people like William. William was just someone who, uh, he was a stalker, actually. He was stalking <laughs> town. I saw him in front oh, of my stalker. Like, who the hell is this guy? He busts in on a party. I'm like, he starts drinking my beer. And the next thing you know, he's telling me I need to go on a radio show with him. And then, uh, but no, to be honest with you, uh, you know, we're, we're raising money through events here. And uh, we, we work with the city whenever we do an event. Everything's official. We pull liquor licenses. And we get insurance and all that stuff. Um, so we're, we're completely official when it comes to that. And where was I going with this, William? I'm not really well, sure. How'd you, how'd you get a podcast going? Like, oh, you... yeah, yeah. So anyways, the, the city basically told us that we could only do two events a year, like two large events a year. So, um, you know, when William first came up to me to do a podcast, I'm like, I don't really, you know, what are we going to do? He's like, let's just cover the Cubs. I'm like, everybody's covering the Cubs. I'm like, but then I, the more and more I thought about it, I said, well, you know, our goal is to raise $1 million for Cub fans. That's our goal, you know, and we need to promote that. We need to promote what we're all about. So the podcast is basically an extension of, of, of our charity work that we've done. And it kind of lets everybody know what's going on. Our podcast is, we don't really talk much about baseball. We talk about the Cubs community. And we started off interviewing great Cub fans. But, you know, with everything that's going on with the pandemic and stuff, we've had to change like everybody else. So we stopped doing kind of the interviews. And then we started really focusing on the club, you know. Uh, like I said, this year was a big year for us raising half of our goal, $500,000, on our way to $1 million. And I, I tell you what, the, the great thing, about Club 100 is meeting like people like you guys, man. And uh, the, I mean, I've met so many new friends through Club 400. It's crazy. And like tonight, me and William were out eating uh, wings with Ray Burris. I mean, it's just it's <laughs> shit like that. Ray Bone. And to get to know these uh, the 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 people behind the player is unbelievable too. I, I don't take anything for granted. But you know, the best thing you know we I love doing most is like handing out checks to people that really are in need of it and most of the time we can't you know solve their problems but we can take away some of the worries around those problems so you know that that's what we try to do we try to help out as much as we can because i think and like you guys know i think cup fans are the greatest in all sports when i i was at uh, your house one day and uh, it wasn't even the gary matthews event I've, i think it was the mitch williams event which uh, it, you had Mitch Williams out at the house, did a little interview with him. But was Gary Matthews at that one, or no, was it a different no, one? No, uh, yeah, actually, uh, it's one of the other ones. The last Club 400 event we had was Mitch Williams. Okay, all okay. right. So th- that was last January. So it was a different event. It was a di- different night. Either way, Gath- Gary Matthews was drunk at your bar, and he was sitting there on a he stool. Tequila, I'll tell you that he likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so do I, and so that's why, maybe why we hit it off. So uh, I go up to Gary Matthews, and when I was a kid, I loved how Gary Matthews batted because he'd always be waving his bat around and be humping the air and, like, all this movement, just real loose. And then when he ran around the bases, he always knocked his own batting helmet off, and he'd keep running around. I did all that shit. I loved it. And and I thought maybe – because he was good at taking walks, so I'd be like, oh, I'm going to take a walk because I was afraid to hit the ball, you know, because I was a kid. And so I'd, I'd go up there swinging around, and, of course, I'd get walked, and I'd be like, yeah, I didn't have to – swig yay and then uh you know and i knock my helmet off if i scored all that stuff so i went up to gary matthews at your bar he's you know three sheets to the wind i'm two sheets to the wind and i said gary i gotta tell you when i was a kid i wanted to be you i, I batted like you and i and bobby denier sitting there he's like oh did you hump the air like he did and like he's making fun of him and i'm like yeah, i'm like yeah i did and i'm like except i was 14 it was probably really inappropriate like all this stuff so but Gary Matthews looked at me. He's got tears in his eyes, and he looks right over at me, and he gives me this the biggest hug. 
Then he's like, that's just wonderful. You know, just like, oh, I didn't even expect him to even be touched by it. I'm just like, dude, I loved how you batted. So I tried to be that way. And he was just over the moon about it. And that is an experience that you cannot have at Cubs convention. At It, it could be random, but I, I, you... I Build, you built a place for these interactions to happen between the old timers, giving them purpose in life, giving them a community because they are part of the community too. You're bringing the players with the fans, with all of us together, and it's a special moment that you did not even mean to create, and it's beautiful. That's what all I'm trying to say. Uh, I appreciate that, Danny. It means a lot to me, and uh, you're 100% right, man. Like, you know, we've, we've changed our events over time, but when these players come over, we want when, as soon as they walk in the door, we want them to feel like family, man. And I think that's important. Like we want when, when they walk in here, nine, nine out of ten times they really don't know what they're walking into. But once they get down here and they get to meet the people, because we have a lot of great people in our club, man, a lot of great people. And uh, I'll tell you what, no one's ever left saying a bad thing. And you can ask around; it, won't, it can't be done. Couple rules here at Club 400. What happens at Club 400 stays at Club 400, right, Crawley? That's the truth. Absolutely. <laughs> That's why Crawley's uh, not in jail right now. In fact, <laughs> it's because we just kept that a secret. There's a lot of things that have been talked about here that you know won't get talked about. There's been parties that people will never know about. You know, uh, we're doing awesome stuff, guys. But like, the best thing's gonna happen. The best thing is what's coming up soon, and that's us getting together. Even tomorrow, I'm looking forward to. Hanging out with you two guys and, you know, sharing a cold beverage and, you know, celebrating what we love most when it comes to baseball. I love it. And um, I don't know, maybe we should end the show there. Like, is, is that enough positivity for, like, Cub fans? I mean, we're not we're, – we are Cub fans. We have to be somewhat cynical. I believe we covered that. Um, you know, I, I, we've got everybody. I don't think – Sarah came the closest to a losing record at saying they could be 70 or 90 wins. Uh, Joe, you had them at 90, so you're and you're right there with Evan Altman as well. Um, Crawley, uh, you have not given me your win total. You kind of did, though. 84? 84, 85. I did not give my win to- total. I'm saying that the entire NL Central goes 81 and 81, and there's a five-game shit show uh, round-robin tournament to decide the NL Central. And at which point they go on to win. Pittsburgh? <laughs> What'd you say, William? Pittsburgh wins because they're Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh wins. I don't know. I, Pittsburgh, you know, they they'll have the rookie of the year possibly. You know, they they do That's have like Trevor Cahill. What'd you say, Joe? I said they have twenty five chances. The whole team's rookies, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've got Trevor Cahill, which, uh, if if I'm not mistaken, he was on the 2016 World Series Cub squad. So, you know, he already knows how to be a champion, even at a, a five-starter role. Um, I don't know. I can, I can see – no, I, I, don't, I do not see the, uh, the Pirates doing it. You know, I'm somewhere in the middle of where everybody is. I just don't want to pick the same number. Um, I do think that, uh, ultimately, this is going to be a really fun season. And I think that the Cubs' approach will change to how they're going to approach their offense. There's going to be a lot more uh, balls in play, I think, uh, from a pitching and a stand. They're going to rely on their defense a bunch. They got their their toss up. They're slow. Uh, they're not going to be a lot of the dudes aren't up there to miss bats. They're there to get them to hit it where they're supposed to hit it and let the defense do their job. 
Uh, I think that the Cubs are changing their like all or nothing approach at the plate too. They're going to be a lot of balls in play. I think those games can go a lot faster or at least seem like they went faster because there's more action. So no matter where they fall in somewhere in Sarah Sanchez's 70 to 90 or Williams 99 wins, um, you know, I think that it's going to be a more entertaining season than uh, maybe we've seen in the last few years. I tell you what, that's my prediction. Entertainment. We're out with uh, Ray Burris tonight, and like we said earlier, and we were talking about like what Ray. Hey, we said Ray. What do you think? This is kind of what you're just talking about. What do you think you're going to see a lot of? Like, what 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 trend do you think you're going to see? Ray Burris says he thinks you're going to see like the most the most walks ever. That this year is going to be the most walks ever. All right. Well, I'm going to hold Ray to that. I will say it's fun talking Cubs baseball again with the season upon us. It is opening day, and more than anything, I think this was the longest I've been without going to Wrigley Field since I was in college in the 90s. Like, this is a weird feeling to be going back to Wrigley and inside Wrigley. It's it's going to be an amazing feeling, and, and I know all of us have experienced that first time you remember as a kid walking in there, and you're in that little dank cement of the – of the walkway, and then you come up and you see the grass. We've always felt it, but it's going to be different this year. Yep. It's going to be very different, and but not as different as last year, so I'll take it. Because <laughs> last year was right. too fucking different. Let's, let's have a little more same this year. How about it? That's right. All right, well, I love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow, and we'll do this again soon because I really enjoy just talking to everybody. We have great people that are Cub fans, and I just want to keep adding to the list of people that roll through this. Next year, we're going to it's we're gonna go 14 hours. We're, we're at marathon. Two, we're at 246 right now. We're going straight marathon. I'm not going to sleep. By this point, I'll have my bow tie or, you know, hanging down uh, next to my lapels. Well, that's why I got the winner hat on is so that I could just roll out of bed after 30 minutes. There it is. So 37 degrees degrees tomorrow. Let's get a W. Um, I'm, 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 I'm predicting good things for this team and I'm predicting good things for all the humans on the screen right now. And, um, you too, buddy. We'll, we will see you. Uh, when's the next time Sunranto's going? Uh, it doesn't matter. You look it up. It's, I believe it's Sunday. All right. Talk to you guys later. Spookog, as we say on this show. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow in greener pastures. Oh, hell yeah. And one last time, we're going to do Cubs Boat. Uh, Matt Baker, awesome. He did an awesome job on this. So stick tuned and uh, watch it one more time. Cubs in four. Spookog. The season is new, gonna score lots of runs off you, the Cubs, Wrigley's gonna Sun. Cubs will win the World Series, so don't make October plans. 
markets can't afford. The Cubs from Chicago. The Had the city 